Oh, I need to jump out of a window real quick. You know what this song does to you? I need to, I feel like I need to do a, a cartwheel or something. Every time I hear this theme song, I'm like, all right, come on, Tom, give me one more crazy stunt. <laughs> Hang off a plane for me. Hang off a plane, <laughs> jump off a cliff, skydive from hell. I don't know what the hell this is going to do, man. Tom Cruise is just oh, a man. Oh, yeah. Now, are we excited for this upcoming movie? <laughs> yeah, buddy. We yeah, had to stomach How did it something. come out yesterday? You said you went and saw it? I was planning to. I looked I, the tickets were gone. I believe it, yeah. yeah. When I, I sent y'all that, they were gone yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, I sent y'all that text. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. Already, almost already sold out. I'm like, damn. That sold out quicker than the iPhone, I man. Know. I, I was like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not. <laughs> That's what I was looking like. When I get home, I'm buying these. I look like nothing. This is break. Oh, they had, and I, I saw it wasn't even playing at the, uh, at the Coldwater Theater either. It was only at Jefferson Point earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think they had a they've they've had uh like a couple shows per city in select cities a couple days before at least. So I think that movie's been out since the weekend oh. in select cities, but it was on like one or two shows a day. But I think after tonight it's in wide release. So there should as of tomorrow, there should be at least seven to ten screenings a day. Yeah, shout out to Tom Cruise. Yeah. He knows how to present a film. He knows how to get us hype for his movies. Ever that Top Gun got us pumped last year. I'm like, all right, man, the savior of cinema is coming back another summer, y'all. And we had to stomach through some bullshit watching the Flash and everything else he tried to put out. But now Tom Cruise is like, y'all, y'all get the hell out the way. I'm about to show y'all <laughs> what a real movie's supposed to be looking <laughs> nice like. This is going to be a real release right here. Yeah. I was pumped watching those trailers. I'm pumped watching the old movies right now. I'm like, all right, man, Tom, I- I'm pumped, man. You got me going. I'm watching Top Gun, Maverick, and the campground, getting my family all pumped up. Like, hey, y'all. like Tom Cruise coming out, y'all. I don't know if y'all know this, man, but Tom Cruise coming, y'all. That is y'all. a big deal. That boy good. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, hey, Tom Cruise is just the man. He's come to save cinema. And everybody, welcome back to Cinemax Advance, aka the greatest podcast in the world. Sean over here, Yo. Ryan right next to me. What's up? Energy is high. Yeah. Oh, blood is pumping and i'm finally ready to go back to the movie and see tom cruise on the big screen no sir i am going to spend what is this like a three-hour movie four-hour movie i don't know what it doesn't even really matter you know, all i know is i'm going to watch the whole damn movie and i'm going to enjoy it it's oh. pretty awesome that uh one because of his age i saw uh one review he one of the reviewers which he really enjoyed this newest mission impossible made the comment that um he's putting it over the james bond franchise because I'm not mad at that take. I'm not mad at that. Wait, wait. When you it's say not, the James Bond franchise, you're talking about all the way back. Sean to, Connery. Okay, that's... All right, that's... Which is that, not fair. Okay, I thought he was comparing, like, maybe to the Daniel Craig. Well, maybe Timothy Dalton, if he wants to go, like, Pierce Brosnan or something like that. If they want to compare to, like, those actors, that's fair, but... This going guy against the entire point. franchise of James Bond, that's a tall task to go up against it anybody is, and, like and that. And actually, in all fairness to the, to the critic I saw on YouTube... You saw a Stuckman dude? Um, not Stuckman. It's uh something Merle. Oh, okay. I saw the Stuckman guy. He said it was the Fallout one was a tad bit better still, but he liked this one just as much. He said the, the really yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout, Fallout was pretty damn good. I liked that it. Was one. Very it was very good. Hell yeah, that's it, the one. Me and you, we saw that with uh, Fallout. Mission yeah, I went on yeah. a date with you to see that. Yeah, you didn't go on a date Wait, with home. me. Pause. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that came out wrong. We didn't go on a date. It was a double date. Sorry, that was a double date. I'm like, huh? Y'all had a bro date? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. There's yeah, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Who bought, who it, bought was who a, it was a double date. We're not that close. You bought him popcorn? Yeah, yeah. Y'all oh, reached oh, into the bag at the same time? I, I will say that Sean's <laughs> date during that movie 
was wearing heels. Oh yeah. And she put her feet up. And my date told me, you better not be looking at that bitch's leg. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, like you, it was hot, too. Uh, it was summertime <laughs> around this time. It was. I remember that. Yeah. It was summertime. Yeah, yeah. that movie was awesome. We saw an IMAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was excited for oh, that. Oh, heels to a movie? Yeah. We were coming from something else. Uh, she I was think showing, my date had heels. off. Yeah, yeah, my, off. yeah, they were both showing off. Both our dates were showing their yeah, asses. Yeah, it was that a nice. Night. Everybody was looking good. But we didn't go on a date. Per se, it was a double date. Yeah, but anywho, yeah. Sorry, that came out yeah. really wrong. Sorry. I was like, no homo, guys. No homo Ain't nothing wrong with it. I was like, all right, you sure? You better give me disgrace. No homo. No homo, Lacey. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to give me disgrace. But no, no. I, we did go see Fallout. I'm not, I still really hold that to a very high It was That yeah, movie was awesome. Is that your favorite Mission Impossible? Yeah, I really like Fallout. Ghost yeah. Protocol yeah. is my favorite one. Oh, really? Okay. I'm with you on that. I'm putting Ghost Protocol, and I'll put the original at number two. And I'll put Fallout at number three. But the reviewer that I was referencing earlier, he made the point that um, his first James Bond movie that he actually saw was Pierce Bronson in Goldeneye, which came out in 1995. That's not a bad start. Tom Cruise, first Mission Impossible, came out in 1996. Since Wait, then. It was that long ago? Yes, wow. it was. Yes, it was. Okay. Yep, since then, they've replaced Pierce Bronson. Chris Bronson made four James Bond movies. I believe you're correct. And I believe Daniel Craig made four James Bond movies. Was it four or was it five? Let's see. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Then he might did like be better a, than any of the Mission Impossible movies. Quantum of Solace. And then he did. I like that uh, one too. What was the one after that? The one with um, the guy from No Country from Old Men. Damn, why can't I a villain. Why can't I remember that? Skyfall. Skyfall. Okay. Skyfall. Then after that. Solid. Was, the fourth one was terrible. Um, the one that after was, that. But wait, that was the one where it had like that that uh, the, that that's that tracking shot at the beginning where there was in Mexico City. Yes, that yeah. might be one of the best scenes that they ever Absolutely. done in of movie that history. Was, yes, that but the was rest a of that very, movie very was good one. terrible. So yeah, and then the last one he did was No Time. So yeah, he's so, got five. Yeah, yeah, so he's got five. So yeah, he, uh, he has a pretty good one right there. I'm uh, not mad at that. Okay, so yeah, Tom Cruise has done is after this Dead Reckoning Part One. When Part Two comes out, I think that'll be eight. For Tom Cruise. And just for the record, Rogue Nation is number two for me. I don't know how that one gets overlooked, but that was a very he was hanging from that military jet at the beginning? Yes. Right. That was sweet. Yeah. That was that All was these, very yeah. Good. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would say out of so far, the only one I don't like is Mitchell Possible Two. And that's from the director of Face Off. That that's it's mind boggling to me when I thought that would be the best movie ever made. Those trailers were It had so really good marketing. It marketing, did. It was great. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah, those trailers were awesome. Face Off was uh, considered one of the best movies ever made. It's from the director of Face Off, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I, I'm still shocked that movie's turned about so bad. And, uh, yeah, I I think me and Sean went and saw Mission Impossible 3. Um, which, which is was, a very... It was a very underrated very one. Very underrated. Because it came nice, out at that, that, that weird f- time where him and Katie Holmes started dating, and he was jumping was. on Oprah's couch and exactly. everything, so he was going through a weird yeah, time. Th- yeah, jumping on the couch, Scientology weirdness came out. It was a weird time for Tom Cruise, but that was a franchise-saving uh, movie, and I really liked Mission Impossible 3, and then Rogue Nation just took it to a whole different level, and it's been, it, it's been in mind-blowing awesomeness ever since. So, yeah, uh, shout out to Tom Cruise. I can't wait to see this movie. I did not get a chance to see it yesterday. 
But by this next podcast, hopefully all three of us have seen it. I'll probably go see it on Thursday, and I'm definitely going to go to the drive-in and watch it after that. Because I have to watch it in a regular theater first, and then I can go to the drive-in. Because the movie <laughs> quality isn't, like, the greatest yeah, at the drive-in. Uh, but once you see it once, you can kind of piece together what you're looking at, especially during, like, the scenes where it's, like, really dark. And you don't get, like, the nice, like, quality of, like, the imaging that you're trying to look at. But overall, yes, the drive-in is still a good experience, and it saves me a lot of money on food and drinks. So <laughs> taking my family every time I go to, to Regal, or the AMC, that's that's at least a hundred dollars right yeah. there, man. Trying to feed my family and getting them into the theater. So yeah, I'm trying to save the money as, as much as I can. I ain't going to Three Rivers. I got to get on your level. Time. Oh, I, I went to that level. Three Rivers. Nah, how I, was it this year? Yeah, I, I, I missed I, out. The same old stuff. I did see the Who's Bad, the Michael Jackson uh, tribute band. Oh, okay, it was pretty good, okay. entertaining. It was entertaining. I liked it. Yeah, make you feel old as usual. Always old as usual. Yeah, ever since I hit 30, I feel old going to th- this. It's, yeah, it's meant for kids. It's hot as fuck. The same stuff. Hell, take you up on a helicopter. The same Is it stuff. like $40? $40 going to a helicopter. Hell, you got on that? No, no heck no. no. Yeah, I've always been scared of that. I don't want to see the... I'd rather go to Sky Zone. Hell yeah. This, Dead serious. <laughs> Like, I'll jump in the air. I'll yeah, get up yeah. there by any means necessary. You don't take me to the helicopter. Drive around Fort Wayne and see this shit. I don't need you to take me to go look at Glenbrook Mall and shit. You know, somebody got shot at. Four hours for a helicopter right now. It's my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell no. And, that, and that's per person. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, if it was like, like, if you could like fill the seats up for four hours, maybe I'll take my family out there. But like, four hours for a helicopter ride? And I'm like, what? where are they taking me? Like, yeah. like around the block and landing again? Like, nah, I, I, I'm good mm. on that, man. You ain't going to get my money on that. Yeah, so. It's a little ass helicopter too. It looked like Scott probably got a controller to it or something. <laughs> like like goddamn man, it's a little a drone uh, back landing and shit. <laughs> this shit look like this. If any trouble go down, it's going down. So I don't like that. I don't need to see Fort Wayne. I see it all the time, every day. So yeah, it's good, uh, good point, John. Good but point. no, I saw the Who's Bad, and uh, we went just a couple things. We went fishing with Greg, of course, Greg. Lied about where we were going. And shit. <laughs> what the hell yeah, is wrong yeah, with Greg? Greg is funny. Like, where are we about to go? Right around the corner. Up there, the door. And <laughs> you Lacey, were fishing at Three Rivers. We were, at, we, no, you're this, at the dam. We were at something down in Huntington Dam. We were in Huntington. Fishing yeah. out the Maumee River. Hell yeah. So that was, that was cool. Um, what else did we do? We just we rode our bikes. We've been riding our bikes. Yeah, I saw that Lacey bike. out there got you riding bikes. Hell yeah. We took her son. He panicked. He Oh my! He complained the entire ride. Oh, I my ain't God. mad at him. Oh, it's hot as hell. Hot well, as his, hell. He's a kid. He needs to be in good shape riding it by this dude. Complained the entire. <laughs> we rode four miles. He complained three hours. The whole three miles of that. He complained the entire time. Oh, oh. I told myself this is your life. Don't worry about it being hot. This is your last ride. I'm gonna pop your tires. You ain't going with me no <laughs> Taking the inner tubes out. Everything. Yeah, God damn. I be trying to make the best of stuff. Just because I know, like, all right, I still want to sit around all day. You know, you got to get out. We getting older. I want to make sure I'm still active. You know what I mean? And so it, I, I don't have a problem with riding the bikes, you know, but it, it's just bringing, you know, some kids, people who don't want to go, kids and stuff. He can't ride like we can. He can. He just don't want to. So, um, yeah, he's no, he's no, uh, what's his name? Armstrong. He's not, he's not ever going to be that guy. So, uh, so we did ride that, ride some bikes around, hanging out. So that was fun. But is he a stereotype of his generation? Rather be inside oh, playing video, video games? games. You take the PlayStation controller; it just rips the Wi-Fi and PlayStation cell phone. All synonymous to him. He has to have all three. So riding a bike is this. You ruining my summer. I mean, he's, he's, he's my, man, get your ass out of here. You riding bike. I be making him. I make him go the hard way too. Go up that hill right there. <laughs> 
Stupid He probably got like one gear on the bike. Oh, yeah. What are you doing to that boy? <laughs> he got a nice bike. Lacey bought him a nice ass bike. He just, Unless it's an electric bike, he ain't gonna like that. We rode on that. Too. Back in our yeah. day, it was a privilege to get to go outside and ride a bike. Man, now it's, just, it's a chore to them. Yeah, it's painful for him. Like he like he he's like powder. He walk outside and start melting and shit. Like oh, it's so hot. Like, dude, you're like 11 years old. Yeah. No, white people like a banana in the sun, yeah. man. They age quickly. <laughs> yeah. they, oh, man. They yeah. sweating. They huffing and puffing. They looking for a water fountain, which don't exist no more. And I, then they're just riding around just right. exhausted. But it's something to do. It's summertime. You don't want to sit up and high. I'd be lying to her. I'd be seeing signs. You'd be like, oh, one and a half. I'd be like, damn, that, that sign says seven miles. Oh, my God, Sean. What in the heck? Start pedaling backwards and shit. You're like, man, like, that man. You might as well just leave him on the trail and yeah, just come back. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll sit in the car. Dude, it's 300 <laughs> degrees. What you going to do with me in the car running for two hours? But heck no. Crack you. the window like he a dog? Yeah, yeah. I'll be naked. Oh, I'll be pissing. He'd be pissed. Oh, he do not like riding. But other than that, we had a good time. Uh, her handlebars came loose. I, I put the bike together. I must not have tightened that bar down good enough. Because uh, I'm sure my handlebars. You guys built your own bikes. Yeah. We, well, I put them together. This shit's coming a million. When you buy them from the store... That you don't, they don't just roll them in there like that. They come in pieces. Yep. Yeah, you got to put them together. It's not as hard as you think, but I must not have tightened the bar down tight enough. So hey, I feel that. like a man just changing a light bulb in oh, the yeah. car. Oh, I so changed you put my... a bike together. Oh, yeah, I got pulled over. Level. I got pulled over, and I went fishing in this town up in Leo or Grable, and dude pulled me over because my tail light was out. Uh, he was wondering what the hell I was doing in Grable. What are you doing here? I'm not fishing, man. Yeah, you don't got I'm no doing? horse. What the fuck? Are you hell doing? yeah. Like minding my damn business. <laughs> what I was doing. Hell, I haven't been pulled over in a while. He didn't give me no ticket, but still. Damn, I didn't know they did that. Well, what you doing around here, boy? Yeah, kind of he, it was kind of like, what you doing? In, it was kind of friendly, but it was like, what you doing in Grable? This is fishing. Oh, okay. Oh, I like fishing. I'm like, yeah, okay, motherfucker. This don't give me no ticket. He didn't they give don't me got one. Shit else, so, no, have nothing. It was right before 4th of July, the day before, so I figured. That's what they were probably had quotas to get or something because it was a small town. There's no crime or nothing unless somebody steals somebody's horse or some shit. You know, what I mean, I I can't understand. Like I saw them with a horse and carry. Like, I can't understand them living like that still. Like I mean, like God damn, we have cars that can park themselves and drive themselves. And they still got a horse and carriage and buggies and shit. You know, yeah. what I mean, dressing like pilgrims and so I just can't understand. I just don't know. I don't get it, man. It's like they're Chappelle usually said. friendly, pe- friendly people. They're friendly, but I, yeah, dog. Come on, man. Y'all gotta get up, get with the, get with the times, you know. And some people do, yeah. I think that uh, in the Amish community, when a certain teenage age, yeah, they're allowed they to you, leave. Yeah. yeah, they can leave, and you can decide if you want to continue on with the Amish faith, right? Or not. Yeah, but, but they're not allowed to come back once they do. True, yeah, true. So, but, but yeah, they get all the uh, good uh, engineering jobs here yeah, in Fort Wayne. Yeah. If you see a, a new building getting built. You'll see nothing but Amish people with big ass brim hats yeah, on, yeah. nailing the shit out of the building. They work. I'll they work that. their ass off. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And yeah, I've had great communication with Amish. Every running I've had, even at my current and last job, some of the friendliest people of all time. I saw one at Walmart with a little girl, and she was looking at me like they were like from the 17th century or some shit. It was like little house on the yeah. Period. That's what they were looking at me like. God damn, they had on long bonnets and shit. They were looking at us like, what the hell are these people, Papa? You know what I mean? Like, they came from another century or something. Man, he's got on the Jordans, it looks like. Like, it's just so much different. But they live out there, so I'm not going to that town no more, getting pulled over. Uh, so, 
Yeah. Oh, aside from that, y'all been watching some movies, watching some yeah, shows. Yeah. I've been out in the wilderness, so I feel like I missed a lot of stuff. Not I having feel like, like I did too. I was living Amish for like five days. <laughs> I was thinking like when we went to the campground with Greg, like this must be what Tommy's doing. Man, shit, this not that Greg is out there cooking on this little ass grill. Oh, man, what we all, what, what is he cooking? I don't know what the hell he was yeah, making. probably cooking snake. the fish that he caught. Uh, yeah, he didn't catch nothing when I was with him. So um, put but, yeah, put the snake on the ground. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or we found a snake and uh, cooked squirrel or something. I don't know. But no, man, I just can't imagine camping like that. Like an RV, I could do, but just out there in a the tent. Oh man, I don't know if I can make it. Sheesh. No, it's not for me. Where do you go to the bathroom at? Like, they got, like, little outhouses or something? No, they do have those little porta potties but oh. if you go to, like, most campgrounds, they, they, they're they updated to the point where you just need, like, to go to, like, a shower or, like, a washroom mm-hmm. or something like that. So they do have, like, the plumbing and everything like that, like a bathroom with plumbing and everything like that. So And they're really good about cleaning. So you go to a good campground, they're going to make sure you can sit on, like, a, a regular toilet seat. You don't want to just go into a porta potty because it ain't for everybody. No. It takes a strong stomach. To go into a porta potty and know you gotta do some business, especially if you out there eating chili, like I normally be doing. Like it's just mostly like just chili and crackers, like for four or five days. Every once in a while, I'll just like you know what, I either gotta run home and use a real bathroom, or they gotta get a real <laughs> toilet out here. But they do have real toys. So yeah, shout out to everybody in Brooksville. It was a nice little time for me. Did a little bit of shopping. Where's uh, that by Indy? Uh, it, I'm not even sure. After a while, I just kept following them. I, I didn't even look at my, my damn map no more. I was like, man, just, just let me know when we get here. I'm just going to keep on driving. I ain't even looking around nothing. I just saw a bunch of cornfields. and just, just, I, As soon as you get to the point where you drive for an hour and you don't pass like a McDonald's, you know you out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this is this, this sucks. I'd rather just go to the casino and just lose my money. Yeah. I, I don't need to go camping. <laughs> don't do that, more. please. No, no, no. <laughs> traumatized. No, you don't do it, please, Tommy. No, no, we, we ain't gonna do that, man. Oh, speaking of that, we're going to Vegas at the end of the month. Nice yeah, for two days. Just going to go out there real quick. And come who's back. who's we? Me and Lacey going down, going to Vegas. Oh um, shit! Yeah, so oh, just, I'll feel a lot more. Do you want her? Just going to Wyatt? Yeah, hell no. He can't go to them. Oh shit! I jump my, off. My wife them. went to Vegas with the kids. No, it, it, not meant for. No, no. I had a blast. I've never been to Vegas as an adult. At twelve years old, I had a great time. A great time. That's because you wasn't losing money. True. Good point. Yeah, they had badass arcade. Have y'all seen that big ass digital dome they they recently? Oh yeah, it looks like a big basketball yeah. or spear. They could turn into anything. They anything want. they want. Yeah, that's yeah, the big. That's the best LED light it, they're structure turning in the into world. The Death Star. Did you see? Oh, that? I didn't see that. That's yeah. probably sweet. So, and that they well, that's what they call the Raiders Stadium. And I was like, well, what? Yeah, the Raiders Stadium. Like, no, no, no. They turn into the Death Star. Do show me your work. They can make it look like. Star Wars Death Star. Like, I'm like, God damn. It's one shit. of the most incredible engineering feats I've ever seen in my life. They were building that last time we went. And then they probably just now finished it. But it, you got to look at that up. That's pretty dope. Oh, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. All right. Ready to get the party started? Everybody got their list together? I think so. Uh, standing ovation. Who wants to take lead? Ryan, you look like you got something you got on your mind, man. Go ahead, man. Knock it out the park. What yeah. you got for standing ovation this week? I had... Two names written down, but yeah. Oh, ain't you greedy? (laughs) With the theme song you started off with, I'm going to have to go that route. And I wanted to uh, just go ahead and kick it off with the writer-director of the latest Mission Impossible movie, Mr. Christopher McQuarrie. Shout out to him. Big time, big time. Uh, Now, once we got to Mission Impossible 2, which I still feel is the weakest of the franchise, and not a good movie, even though it's directed by the legendary John Woo. That's one of the big cases of Hollywood studio interference just ruining 
a blockbuster project. <coughs> uh, Tom Cruise and his producer, uh, oh, what's her, what's his female producer partner? Something Wagner. So yeah, all those Tom Cruise movies. I know who you're talking Cruise, about. Cruise Wagner production. Uh, they were a great producer duo. Their their goal once they made it, once the first one was a hit, they wanted a new film director for each movie, and. The first one was directed by the legendary Brian De Palma behind such uh, movies as uh, Scarface and uh, your boy's movie with one of the best tracking shots, uh, Snake Eyes. Um, oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, yeah. Or was uh, it love... Gary Sinise? Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, John Woo did the second one, which was the worst. J.J. Abrams did the third one which saved the franchise. Uh, there, oh, what's the guy from Disney? Did a lot of Pixar movies, did my favorite one, and I'm drawing a blank. I didn't write it down, but huh. he directed the fourth Mission Impossible, which was my personal favorite. Is but, that the is that um, Ghost Protocol? Yes, Ghost Protocol. What the heck is that guy's name? Hold on. Please hold on. Google if you can, but he did, he's behind, he got his start in Pixar. Brad Bird. Brad, thank you, thank you. Um, who actually made one of my favorite movies, uh, The Iron Giant from 1999, if you guys need to see a good... You brought that up before, and you swear by it. I love The Iron... Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a legendary... Little voice? Yes. Oh, yeah. Legendary movie. A classic movie. Great. Classic. Um, then it all changed with uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Apparently, Tom Cruise had such a good relationship with Christopher McQuarrie after Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation uh, they broke the rules with making a new director for each movie, and Christopher uh, McQuarrie ended up uh, directing uh, Mission Impossible 6, Fallout, which uh, some people think is the best of the franchise. It's absolutely a great movie and one of my favorites. I'll probably put it number three behind uh, Rogue, Wait, Rogue Nation at number one and Mission Impossible 1 at number two, but it's a great action movie, and he's actually going to be directing this one that's in theaters now, Mission Impossible 7, and the follow-up, Mission Impossible 8. And this guy um, has an interesting career because he started off kind of like Quentin Tarantino did where he kind of built his name off the screenplays that other filmmakers and actors turned into, uh, into movies, and then he eventually got a shot to actually direct his own movie. So his first produced screenplay, which is one of the best movies ever made and the movie that my family made me watch and told me it was one of the best movies ever made. It's the usual suspects with, uh, which has one of the best twist endings of all time, mind you. But yes, outside of seven and house of cards, there's a reason why Kevin Spacey was, uh, considered one of the best actors of our generation. And one of the reasons is because of his role in the usual suspects. Usual Suspects is one of the best movies ever made. And if you're making a top 25 of the best movies made within the decade of the 90s, The Usual Suspects is on that list. Uh, He also wrote a great movie called The Way of the Gun, which was the first movie that he actually directed with uh, Benicio Del Toro and uh, Ryan Phillippe as a couple of uh, freelance criminals end up uh, trying to uh, pawn off a pregnant gangster's wife uh, for ransom money. One of the 
best action scenes ever. The last 20 minutes of The Way of the Gun is worth watching if you're a movie fan. That last 20 minutes action scene is phenomenal, and it's an all-around great movie. He was also the writer of an underrated Tom Cruise movie called Valkyrie. Yeah, very underrated. I love that movie. Edge of Tomorrow, which uh, I think we all got a crush on the female co-lead in that movie. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And uh, if you get a chance, I don't know if you guys seen the uh, Tom Cruise Jack Reacher movie by chance. I thought I have. I saw that. I really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be crap. Now, once you get past the fact that he's not the actual stature of Jack Reacher, because yeah, like in the books, he's like that big, like the one from the actual TV show uh-huh. on Amazon. He's supposed to look like that. Dude, yeah. But as far as a character, I thought Tom Cruise did a phenomenal now, job. Now, the dude playing who plays him. Jack Reacher, that's the same dude from Fast X. Yeah, that, he was the one that, that took over like Mr. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. ended up being the bad guy at the yeah. end. Yeah, that's him. That's the same guy? Yeah. Yeah, the dude with the bad bronzer. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's big as shit. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a real Jack Reacher, comic yeah. book wise. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah. He's uh, only movies he's directed out of all those were his first one was Way of the Gun, second one was Jack Reacher, and as of right now, he's making money with Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Five, Six, Seven, which is in theaters, and the upcoming Mission Impossible Eight. So uh, I can't wait to see this newest Mission Impossible. Likewise. Keep knocking it out the park, Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah, you're making the filmmaking world a better place. Standing ovation to you this week, sir. That is, that is a very good start to our standing ovation. And by the way, the old producing partner of uh, Tom Cruise is Paula Wagner. Paula Wagner. I knew it was a female. I couldn't think of her first name. Yes. No. No. She actually pretty much came to Tom Cruise like, we need to make you a franchise. You're no. one of the biggest and movie stars of the past 10 years. No, they got to get you a franchise. They boy. did very good together. I think they grossed, I think, mm. um, at least on IMDb, they grossed like $2.9 billion based off the movies that they produced together. Damn. So, so yeah, he he's done very well with that partnership. So that that was a good partnership for a little while. I'm not sure what happened to it because I don't think they produce any movies together anymore. Maybe he just took over by himself so he started doing all those crazy ass stunts. <laughs> the insurance company's like, no, nah, we can't insure you. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to pay for it myself. Yes, you will. Just give me the money. He can afford that. Like, shit. I can't die. You know, something like that. I don't know. Tom Cruise has probably made a deal with somebody. You know, I don't know what he's been doing, but <laughs> he's staying every shape. single stunt. Yeah. And he's like, he's like sixty plus now, right? Yeah, buddy. Man, Tom Cruise is sixty-one. Yeah. I think like you couldn't 50s. tell, right? Yeah, he looks good. Between him and Samuel Jackson, they seem to have made a deal with somebody because they seem to be aging like slower than most people, like they're vampires. I'm, he he I'm, looked like he was in his thirties for the past twenty years. Who about Tom him? Because oh, yeah. him and Top Gun Maverick, even though it was filmed like maybe like four or five years ago, he's still like he's still in phenomenal shape. Yeah, he, he is. is. He yeah. still looks great. I'm not sure what they're doing at Scientology, but they might have to send me like a brochure. I'm like, <laughs> like just send some paperwork well, over here, man. I'm gonna see if we can work something out. You got his money. You can. You can eat really well. You got cooks and chefs and shit in your house. They can give you the stuff to make you look younger and or make you feel younger, you know, keep you young and healthy. So I'm sure he's got all the money and all the stuff to do. He has that nothing takes, else to do with make movies, you know, so. It still takes dedication. It's still. Believe, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can, he knows he wants to look a certain way for these movies, so he's dedicated for it, you know. So. Yeah, eventually, aging is going to catch up to him, but he seems to be aging, like, very well, which is very he rare. Does. Very, very rare for a white man. I'm and if, yeah. if you look at some of his old clips, you'll see that he had a maturity that most 20-year-olds don't. If you look at some of his press interviews, he was doing Days of Thunder and the original Top Gun movies. Yeah. He had a maturity level that most 20 and early 30-year-olds don't have. Uh He's 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 a diamond in the rough for sure. He's he's one in a million. He's the definition of a movie star. 
it, I don't, I, it really, it's more his will and uh, productiveness more so than him just having money. There's a lot of people that blew their money once they became famous. Because you know how a lot of people say like he's an actor's actor, like he is a movie star's movie star, yeah. big time. He is like the staple of like what it is to be like a movie star. You know, Still like, having the mystique of your own personal life, even though we know a little bit and we don't always agree like all his personal choices Scientology like of him having his kids and people like to make up that narrative that he's not always around because he's always working but for the most part he, he keeps his private life pretty private even him dating I'm like man Tom Cruise gotta knock something down like who the hell is he dating now yeah, you don't hear nothing about him he nothing is at all he does seem like he would be that. an asshole though he would look, he looks, I can, yeah. I can absolutely imagine him being like an asshole but yeah. I think he's an asshole that has like the right like a meaning behind it or like what the source comes from. Like, I think he did. If he you're doing your job, he's not going to be an asshole. Exactly. Right. But I mean, to the, let's say you were just a fan and we are, and we saw him. How do you think he'll react? If great. Asked, actually. Yeah. That's what I think the, he'll be really great to yeah. his, like his fans and everything like yes. that. But like on a set, I can actually, I can absolutely oh, heck imagine yeah. him heck being yeah. like, yeah. like, no, like we got to do this right. Do this over again. Like get the angle right. Like he's like a perfectionist when it comes yes. to like his craft. Yes. And, on, and on a lot of levels, I do respect that. Yeah. He I, shows up to premieres two hours early. He's notorious for this. He shows up two hours early to premieres just to make sure he signs all the autographs for his fans. One, two, one thing before we move on, I saw that. I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about Jamie Foxx. It has something to do with Tom Cruise, but it looks like Jamie Foxx was seen walking around a couple times. Oh, maybe. good for him! Yeah, so no, I saw him on a boat. He was actually boat. walking yeah, around. Yeah, that's what I heard. Did so they looks, ever say what happened to him? Said, they hadn't said. Hadn't said. They never. They never really um, came out and said what happened to him. But I saw an old video with him talking about Tom Cruise. He was. He was trying to play the role of I, um, Cuba Gooden Jr. in um, what's the movie? Um, with them and him and Tom Cruise, um, where they, he's a sports agent. Oh, uh, uh, Jeremy McGuire. Jeremy McGuire. That's what he was going for the role. And they said, hey, um, Jamie Foxx, like, hey, let's read. You got to read a script with Tom Cruise and see if Tom Cruise likes you. And he was like, uh, okay. And he said he read something and said Tom Cruise read it. But he was like, and he was like, damn, Tom Cruise must have misread the part or something. <laughs> he was like, no, no, he read his. He said Tom Cruise looked up at him like, Jamie. He was like, huh? He was like, you read that? He was like, yeah. He was like, damn, I didn't hear nothing you just said. He said he, said he got all nervous and started sweating. And he said he was young in the game, and that's they gave him, gave him a job to Cuba Gooden Jr. But he said he came back to him for the movie where the um, where you the one you don't like. Uh, I where, love the collateral. Collateral. He I, said still he came, like, I still don't like the cameras. He said he came back for him for that. The collateral is fucking awesome. Him for collateral. What? No, yeah, no. Yeah, so. well, listeners, collateral is fucking I thought you awesome. said you didn't like that movie. I just don't like the digital photography Oh, yeah, I can't get movie. past that. I thought it was a good movie. But him talking about how he said Tom Cruise is real quiet on the set. He didn't say much. He's like, this is, he read his parts real low. He's like, I couldn't even hear. I thought he misread the part. He's like, man, Tom Cruise <laughs> got a problem reading or something. I don't know. He said, like, oh, yeah, he read his part. He said, what? I didn't hear shit. You know what I mean? So he said, I, I forgot where I was at because I was trying to listen to what he was saying. So, but he, he seemed like he would be an asshole on set. Like he would probably get a little short patience with you. So, but yeah, he's, he's a, he's the best, one of the best right now of all time. He's top 10 of all time for sure. So, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. All right. Um, Sean, you got next? Yeah, man. I'll knock it out real quick. Now, this guy's real low key. He's been around for a while. Uh, never really nothing big, but I did watch Cobra. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Damn, yeah. I need a you really dig right at the now. bottom of the crate yes. on that one. Yeah, I watched Cobra and the the bad guy Brian Thompson. Nice, nice. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, yes but yes. I like well this guy. Now he never really played nothing huge. 
Uh, but he plays the Night Slasher, and he looks <laughs> like a bad guy all the way through yeah, and through his face. He's 63 years old. And I listened to a story about he was talking about how Sylvester Stallone chose him. He said he was in college when he tried out for Cobra. And he said, he said, fuck it, I don't got nothing to do. I'll just go down there. He says, Sylvester Stallone was like, man, I like the way you look. You, you look like you could be menacing, you know what I mean? And he was like, nah, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, I can, I can play the role, whatever. And he said that um, he auditioned and he said he went back to college. And he said, um, his roommate was like, hey, man, Sylvester Stallone's on the phone for you. He was like, get the fuck out of here. He was like, yeah. He was like, hey, uh, you, you you still looking for that role? You know what I mean? He said he sounded like that on the phone. He was like, I think you got it. You know, he's like, he like, all right. He was like, for real? He's like, he ran home to his parents and told him, I'm playing in the movie. Because, you know, Rocky had already been out and all that stuff. He was on top yeah, of the world. Right. He was like, I'm in the movie with Sylvester Stallone, but I'm the bad guy. You know what I mean? He's like, they want me to be the bad guy. But he nailed that part. Uh, Brian Thompson, he he looks like a bad guy. He also played in um, Terminator when Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. walks up and he's like, "Give me your clothes." The first Terminator, and they yes, sit, that is the same. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. him and um, old boy uh, that's always in Aliens and Predator. He had a, played in Twister. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. They were sitting there as like you know, kind of playing like a gang members or like street junkie, whatever they were playing. And he asked him for his clothes, and he was like, nice night for a walk or something like that. or something James like, Cameron yeah, loves Bill Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton and him playing the same. Uh, he ended up taking his clothes, uh, Brian Thompson's clothes. Yes, uh, so um, that was I always remember him for that. But definitely Cobra. He played in Mortal Kombat Annihilation at Shao Kahn, which we know we don't really like. But he played a, a, one of the worst uh, movies ever. Yeah, he was. Not his fault. That movie's bad. That movie was <laughs> terrible. Well, but no, he yeah he played in that um, Lionheart. He was in Lionheart. Um, John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, not John Claude Van Damme. Hard Hired to Kill was one of his movies. I I've never seen nothing like this before. Hired to Kill, nineteen ninety. He did play in the first Expendables. He was in that first. Yes, he was. Yep, yes, yep. So he was in that. He's got a bunch of movies I never heard of, but I always remember him from Cobra, um, Moon Forty Four. A lot of 80s and 90s type stuff he's done. He hasn't really played in nothing recently, nothing, anything to, to ride home about. But Cobra, him playing the bad guy, he wore this stalking over his face, like a, a lady's stockings over his face, and he was going after all these women. He had this knife. Like, I never forget that knife he had. It had, like, a circle in it, but it had, like, all these little rough, like, jagged edges on it. Like, man, that knife looks treacherous. And he was killing these women with that. And he just played a, he was cocky as hell too. He was a big guy, you know, had a big ass neck and he talked, you know, real deep voice. I like Brian Thompson. He's old as shit now. If you see him, you wouldn't even probably recognize him. He's got gray hair. You know, that happens. But I still like this dude whenever I get to see him. Hasn't had much. But every time I watch Cobra, I'm just excited to see his role just as much as I like uh, Sylvester Stallone. That's a a great pick, Sean, because yeah, yeah, that's one of those actors that I know exactly what his face is, but if you ask me what the actor's name was, I would have forgotten. Right. I, I wouldn't have been named. That, that's a great pick. He, I'm uh, glad you gave him a shout. Right, out. nothing really big. A lot of '80s movies. Uh, Three Amigos. He was in that. So uh, Three Amigos. Joe Dirt. He was in Joe Dirt. Yes, he was. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Joe. Yes, yeah. he was. Yep. Uh, so of course Terminator. Uh, you just you know he never really really had a standout role. Only thing I I know I definitely remember him as Cobra, Mortal Kombat, and Lionheart. Uh, in Expendables. So he played in Fright Night Part 2, which is, I don't know if that's a show or whatever, but um, yeah, definitely if you get the chance to watch Cobra, you're going to see uh, he's an adversary, a nice adversary for uh, Sylvester Stallone. He plays a good bad guy, and he says Sylvester Stallone chose him personally, so I thought that was pretty dope. So I decided to go with 
Brian Thompson, 63 years old, been in been in the game for a while, but you know, I'm gonna give my standing ovation to him. So. I'll salute to you, sir. Yeah. And when you're attached to that many classics, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's 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 a good resume builder right there. And working with Sylvester Stallone, I can't say that anybody can really scoff at that. I mean, right. shit, I would love to work with Sylvester it's, Stallone. Yeah. He seemed like he was one of the one of the nicest celebrities yeah. ever. Yeah, that's what Definitely. he said. He was saying he was real cool and laid back and. He said, hey, like, I, I'm just looking for somebody to be a badass on screen. And he was like, shit, I, I guess I'll try, you know, and he made it. So him being personally chosen by Sylvester Stallone, that hasn't made his day. So I yeah, bet. Yeah. So. Well, people like that who work on movie sets like that, they always seem to have great stories. Oh, yeah. To tell. I, I would love to hear some of those stories, especially right. when they get to work with, you know, a lot of our cinema heroes like that. Definitely. I, I would definitely like to sit down and hear some stories. All right, I'm going to find a leg on this one. So I am going to give my standing ovation to a gentleman that we're actually going to be watching like pretty much throughout this entire podcast as he's playing in Secret Invasion. And I'm going to give a shout-out to who's quickly becoming one of my favorite actors, and that is Ben Middleson. And he plays uh, Talos on the Secret Invasion show with um, Samuel L. Jackson. I have to say, like, his acting that he's doing in this show is top-notch right now. His dynamic that he has with Samuel L. Jackson, the bond that they have, like the back and forth there they have going on, and even, I have to admit, I went back the past couple of days and I watched uh, Captain Marvel. I have to say, he was still one of the highlights of that movie. Even though I, didn't, I don't hold that movie to a high regard, him as a character... I think he is superb. He is a superb actor. I absolutely love the dynamic that him and Samuel Jackson have because they really do play off each other like brothers at this point. If you're watching the show carefully, if you're watching The Secret Invasion, it is the newest uh, Disney release as far as like the Marvel Universe is going. And I like where they're going with this as far as like the storyline, particularly with him, because I think he's going to play an even bigger role in the Marvels that's coming out later on this year because obviously – they gave him an acting credit already. IMDb, you give away a lot of hints. You're worse than a Lego set coming out at Walmart. You give out a lot of clues. Like, if you want to hide the fact that he's going to survive this show, just take out the cast credits on that stuff. That shouldn't even come out. That should be like like privy information, like a script. You should never let us know because I look ahead on a lot of stuff, and I see they're having an actor credit on something that's – further off in the timeline it just gives me the hint like he's he's gonna survive the show so once you do something like that you kind of ruin it for me so imdb y'all need to just disband at this point and just go away because y'all just kill all the suspense of the show and i just can't help myself but look ahead and try to figure out all the clues but it's him he's going to be in the marvels in case you're not familiar with some of his work from the past he was the bad guy in uh, ready player one ryan i know you have some mixed feelings about that movie i know you, you don't have a high regard to that but i enjoyed it Personally, for him, because I think he plays a very good bad guy. And also, he played a bad guy in, a, in Rogue One. I know you're not too high on that movie, if I'm not mistaken. But I, pers- I personally like that Better movie. than The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. You can literally watch it for like the last 10 minutes of just watching Darth Vader go go berserk yeah. at the end. That, that was completely worth the ticket admission right there. The price right there was paid by seeing him go fucking like God mode on everybody. Agreed. That, that was Agreed. absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. And other acting credits, they're like he was in the remake of uh, Robin Hood, the one that had Jamie Foxx in it. Yeah, that's your boy I, I, directed that too. Um, who was that? Guy Ritchie. Really? Yeah, Guy Ritchie directed that. Oh, movie. Damn, Guy. Not everybody has a perfect resume. Uh, not okay. everybody. Like I said, Steven I can't Spielberg knock it because made he also Christmas directed Skull. the Aladdin remake with uh, Will Smith. 
Which really wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad, but it's just not the kind of movie I would think that Guy Ritchie would be attached to Agreed. that project. But you Definitely. know what? They, they always do one for the money, and that's, that was one for him. But also, uh, he was in a movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds called Mississippi Grind, which I feel like Sean should have watched this movie because all I see is like an artwork of him rolling dice at a, at a crap table. <laughs> I feel like Sean should like every movie of somebody gambling. And uh, he had a, a small part in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I guess he was one of like the the exec that was trying to take over Wayne Enterprise when Bane came into town. He was trying to overtake a yes, yep. the company, I believe. Yes, he was. And, of course, you saw him in uh, Captain Marvel with uh, Brie Larson. Uh, he had a small part in The Darkest Hour, uh, The Place Beyond the Pines, uh, The No. That was a good movie. With, uh, I've never seen Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan was... Gosling, Eva Mendez. And, yeah, that uh, was Bradley a good Cooper. movie. That movie was awesome. Okay, shout out to that. And uh, uh, like I said, he's going to be in the future of uh, the Marvel's movie coming out, uh, Vertical Limit, which is a movie that is a guilty pleasure for me. Oh, uh, my God. Chris O'Donnell, uh, Vertical Bill Limit. Paxton was also oh, in it. Huh. If you want to see a great trailer, Sean Tommy homework assignment, Vertical Limit trailer, YouTube. I, I don't think I've I ever guar- seen the trailer. Oh, mm. I guarantee you guys can't name me 15 better trailers than that. I guarantee. I was you. thinking about that. We might have to make a top five trailer list because I was looking That's back at a uh, Ghost Ghost Protocol, the Tom Cruise, uh, the fifth one, I believe. No, fourth one. Fourth one. Like when Eminem, that music being played during that trailer, that that hyped that that hyped up that trailer so much more. I was like, I gotta go see. I Ghost remember Protocol. that trailer very well. That it was it was a great trailer and a lot of great trailers fool us into thinking that the movie's gonna be good. And DC, y'all have some pretty decent trailers as well, but most of y'all movies are shit. So shout out to whoever shot y'all trailers. You need to pay them more than the damn directors at this point. So yeah, shout out to y'all. But uh, yeah, standing ovation for me this week, uh, Ben Middleson. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he's definitely a highlight in the Secret Invasions uh, show right now. And I foresee a lot of great things for him in the future. He's definitely one of my favorite actors. So shout out to you, sir. Shout out to what you've been doing. And um, Great fan. Great big fan. I think you're going to do a great job in the Marvel Universe from here on out. Hopefully they keep you around for a while. Uh, and yeah, he's um yeah, he he's been doing work for a long time. There is a uh Yeah, a he's Brad like fifty four fifty four years old. He's he's definitely got some great acting credits so far. He's younger than I thought. Only fifty four? Yeah, only fifty four. He looks older than what he is. But he definitely plays every character that he does to a T. He takes full advantage of the screen time that he's been given. He's done, he does a great job. So, yeah, shout out to him. I got to pull my phone on time. There's a uh, Tom, I'm sorry, Brad Pitt movie where he plays a mob hitman. I think I even had that as my hidden gem. Killing, killing them softly. Kill, yeah, killing them softly, yes. He has a great role in that. I, I've never seen a character, or in real life, soft a shotgun. That Wait till you see the shotgun that he, he carries around <clears> in that movie. His character is freaking crazy in that. Oh, he's a great actor. He's definitely one of my favorite actors right now. He's done a very good job. All right. Now we get ready to get to binge worthy. Well, I'm going to let you guys have carry one. the torch this week. I only have one. If you haven't been watching Secret Invasions, that's a cheat right there because it's playing live every single week. The new episode comes out. Well, probably as soon as you're listening to this because we're recording on a Tuesday. So I am, I'm totally enamored with this show. It is definitely something that's like grabbing my attention every single week. And it's actually a pretty damn good show. It's definitely better than the last few projects that came out. Definitely better than She-Hulk, which is, isn't saying much. And uh, what was the one <laughs> the with... The Cosby uh, Mysteries is probably better than that. And the <laughs> other one with the other chick from uh, the Marvel show. I, th- I can't, can't, Oh, Mrs. Marvel? 
I think it's Mrs. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that show is it was definitely better than that show, but it's not Loki, it's not WandaVision so far, but so far Secret Invasions has me very, very intrigued. And not only that, I caught a little tidbit because I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. They have this theory going on that uh that Rhodey, uh War Machine, he is a scroll. Because the one hit that they gave away in the the They ep- better not. They in episode two, Fury says something that that always gives away that somebody doesn't know him very well. No, he said, nobody calls me Nick. Everybody calls me Fury, whoever knows me. And I noticed that Rhodey called him Nick in that little meeting where he tried to fire him. And that gave away the hint, like, Rhodey has to be a scroll. I'm not sure when he turned into scroll, but obviously Rhodey is a scroll at that point. It kind of gave it away that, you know, they definitely, like, grabbed him, copied him. And that makes a lot of sense because they've been getting a lot of high-ranking, like, uh, officials and political figures, like, in this show as far as, like, turn them into scrolls. So... I like where they're going with that. Huh. I think Rhodey eventually is going to come back to his normal self, and they're going to find out that he's an imposter because obviously he has that movie coming out later on, uh, Armor Wars. Yeah, which, which they took from TV and decided to make it into a full-length movie. And I think it might have to be something based on what's going on with this show, Secret Invasion, like the whole scroll angle. I think they're going to go back and do some like some uh, digging into his history or whatever, try to find out like when exactly did he get switched out. Because I think it was somewhere after Endgame, but obviously before this show that they somehow got a hold of Rhodey and they copied him and they put a scroll in his place to actually like manipulate like his position that he's in right now. Because in the Captain America, the new one with uh, Anthony Mackie, uh, Brave New World, like uh, Thaddeus Ross, uh, who's being played by Harrison Ford right now, because uh, rest in peace, uh, the original actor passed away, can't remember mm-hmm. his name right now, but he's actually playing the president. So whoever the president in this show is, they're going to change that. They got, they're making him president? They're movie? making him president in the movie. Ooh. So that was a nice little That twist. was already my most hyped Marvel movie, but it just shot up to a, a new stratosphere with that. Oh, so my God. I, I like where they're going Ooh, with this. They're, they're t- we might get Red Hawk, too. Oh, my God. They're, no, we're definitely getting Red Hawk. That's all like images. Oh, man. I got, hype, I got hyped for that the same Ooh. way I got hyped of the new image of Ryan Reynolds and uh, oh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he was yeah. actually in his yellow suit. Yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, oh, I'm my a, shit. I'm, I'm going to take a bathroom break, guys. I'm sorry. I'll be back in five minutes. Five minutes, damn it. You ate asparagus or something? Ate a bunch of watermelon before the podcast? I gotta gotta piss myself. Uh, Hugh Jackman in yellow Wolverine. Oh, my God. No, man, that definitely got me hyped. So as I saw the imaging on that one, I was like, damn, that's what I'm talking about. You're getting this hype for a movie, and you're giving the audience what they want. The imaging that we always wanted from Wolverine, because we never got to see him in his yellow suit. So how is Wolverine even in this, though? Is this a different alternate universe again? The way that that they describe, based on the plot line that they are allowed to give away, is that it takes place after um, Days of Future Past, the one where he was time traveling. Okay. And it was before Logan. So it's somewhere in that period that they're trying to put this in. So they're not trying to take away from what happened in Logan because I think he earned that death mm-hmm. and that fight that he had, like, like uh, fighting with his daughter and getting the new mutants to uh, safety or whatever. Is it because uh, Deadpool has that time thing that he got from... Because he has that uh, little gadget yeah, that he got from, from uh, Cable. Cable. Okay, okay, makes sense now. Okay. Because you saw how he was time traveling, like fixing, like getting his girlfriend back or right. whatever. And yeah. like uh, doing... Doing all that silly shit they was doing, like killing off like the Green Lantern off. <laughs> like the way they're doing and I've been hearing like rumors. One of them they said has been confirmed. I'm not sure how true it is, but it's from a reliable source that I uh listen to on a on a YouTube and a podcast saying that they're they're definitely gonna have Halle Berry in there. She's gonna have a cameo. Okay. And they're also bringing in the cameo of uh, 
what's her name? Ben Affleck's ex name? Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner. They're yeah. saying her and possibly even Ben Affleck are going to have like a small cameo as far as being like Daredevil and Electra. Electra. Okay. I'm not sure where they're going with that, but I thought that was very interesting because it's giving us a lot of hints that they're going to be time jumping to a lot of different timelines, and especially since he's part of Disney now, you can kind of jump all over the place because how they was doing it with the uh, was it uh, the Doctor Strange movie? Uh, what was the last Doctor oh, Strange the one? Uh, the multiverse of madness, madness or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're doing a lot of like multiverse like versions of other characters, like having a Professor Xavier like there. And bring it like Electra and Daredevil into this one. Mm-hmm. I, it, I saw it, it bring Gardner back. Uh, yeah, that opens up a lot of possibilities of where they can possibly go with this Deadpool movie being integrated into uh, Disney right now. And I thought that was very, very interesting on how they're slowly starting to bring in other characters from other universes, especially from like Fox or whatever. And another theory, before I get sidetracked and move on, another theory that I have for Secret Invasions. Is he, like you have y'all seen the last episode? Where I've was, only seen the first I've, one so I've far. Okay, have y'all ever played like the Marvel game where they have like the scrolls and, the, and they have like the quote unquote super scroll? Mm-mm. The super scroll is something where they can like not only copy people, but they can actually copy their superpowers from the Avengers. Oh damn! Sweet. So, and if you saw on that little screen where they was doing like the testing, whatever, they had a copy. They had DNA copies of a uh, Groot in there. And he had a copy of like a one of Thanos's uh, henchmen, like the big, uh, the big ass dude with the with the the knife got or whatever. The, the he got his hand cut off, like in the yes. Infinity War. Yeah, he had a copy of him, and then he had a copy of a an extremist uh, bad guy that was in uh, Iron Man three, and it was somebody else that was in. I can't remember, but basically, like some of those characters in the comic books, they got their uh, abilities that they copied from from the Fantastic Four. I think they're going to slowly integrate the Fantastic Four into either this show or into a future Marvel project because the Super Scrolls got originally got their copy uh, their copy powers from the Fantastic Four. I think they're slowly doing that in this show because they always showed like uh, the Extremist one, which is like an offshoot of like a uh, Johnny Storm with uh, with the flames or whatever. And then the other one is like Groot and like whatever that henchman was. They're kind of like copies of like the thing from the Fantastic Four, and they're kind of doing a loose version of, like, the whole stretching thing, but getting that from Groot. So they're kind of doing a version of this in this show, but they're just doing it in a very different way on the actual characters that they actually have in place right now. So I thought that was very interesting that they were supposed to be copying from the Fantastic Four, but they're slowly getting different versions of that, but still kind of doing the same thing. I thought just thought that was very interesting on what they were doing with that. I just thought that, damn, Secret Invasion might be a much better show than people are giving it credit for, because if they're paying attention... They're actually slowly working in Fox projects and the Fantastic Four in this show some way, somehow. So I think it's I think it's been very good. It's only six episodes in this show, but for what they're doing right now, Secret Invasions is really, really cooking up something special. I think you guys really need to start paying attention and watching this show. I think this Point is taken. this is this is a very good show. And it has a lot of it has a lot of branches of where they can possibly go onto this if they do it right. So like Rody being a scroll and all this other stuff, I think they're doing a very good job. So yeah, if y'all need a binge worthy, get caught up on Secret Invasions this week and just keep watching it from here on out because this show has great possibilities of where they can go in the future. And that is an amazing thing to me that I've been paying attention so hard and I'm catching little things about this show that makes it very, very spectacular. Well, we're looking at, we're watching this in the background for listeners. Uh, listening to this episode, we got episode two, I think, playing in the background on silent I'm sitting here watching Don Cheadle 
and Samuel Jackson have have a scene together. This is legendary stuff right here. This is stuff I'd pay to see in a cinema. Don Cheadle and Samuel Jackson doing a scene. These are two of the uh, underrated MVPs in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and yeah. I would say two, two of the most important two characters. powerful black actors. Absolutely, like actually interfere doing oh, some yeah. serious acting together. Big time. Oh yeah, and having a very honest race conversation about black men in power. That's what they're talking about right now. Yeah, that's what they're talking about Damn. right now. So it was a little bit heartbreaking, but it was very like. Uh, it was a very serious conversation I had about black men getting in power and taking power away from mediocre white men and doing the right thing with it. And that's why I thought this theme played really weird and kind of powerful to me because based on what I'm saying, if if uh, Rhodey is a scroll, quote unquote, in this scene, the way that he's looking at the human race is very unique because they're saying like scrolls are supposed to take your, they're supposed to copy the human thing, but they're doing, but they can also copy the emotions. And I think this Rhodey has been emotionally attached to the human race more than he probably should have. Because he's supposed to be fighting for scrolls, but I think he's also fighting for the human race at the same way. It's kind of, if you look back at it and just think of him being a scroll, it plays very differently in your mind on where he's going with this. I just think, yeah, this show is like really, really good. And Samuel L. Jackson getting some serious screen time, getting more background on him. I think this is what we really needed. We needed more Nick Fury. And obviously, we needed more Rhodey because I don't think they actually gave him like a a real opportunity to shine as an actor because Don Cheadle is definitely one of the most underrated actors of our generation. Absolutely. <laughs> I would say these are two of the most important uh, characters and actors going forward in the MCU. And I, I really feel like they need to really harness the potential of Fury and, and Rhodey. And you have two of the best actors working today in your stable MCU take advantage of this. It's, uh, the sign that they're giving Rhodey his own movie instead of a TV show, that's a sign in the right direction. I, I I will definitely be caught up before next week's episode on this show. Can't wait. I got to get on it, too. I haven't watched much of Disney in a while. so Yeah, it looks, it looks entertaining. It so. is. I think it's very entertaining. So nice. I, I, I just think if people will watch this show and take it in for what it is, I think it's, I think it's a pretty incredible show. And I think... Anytime Samuel Jackson has more screen time than any Marvel project, like you're going to be blown away. Like he takes everything so seriously, and I truly appreciate that. Even on some mediocre project that he's on, Samuel Jackson gives us everything that he has, and he, I can tell he loves acting in these movies, and that's great. I, I love this Big show. Time. I love this, this show. This is going into the Marvels, right? Leading into up to the yep. Marvels. Okay, I, I, I want to see that. And uh, obviously, if he's in the Marvels, obviously he survives. He makes it back to his space station. He gets his power back. I just, I just like to see how he gets his power back, and I think, I think that's going to play into it very well in the future projects. So, yeah, shout, shout out to Secret Invasion. I think this is going to be a great show, and it doesn't have like the viewership that She Hulk got that I read. And I thought that was pretty incredible. I don't know if people are just watching to see how bad She Hulk was because it absolutely is. It's one of the worst Marvel projects <laughs> that they ever put out in their life. I got a quick question. See, Tommy. he calls him Nick in this conversation. I think that's when he realized that that was a scroll. He didn't play off. He didn't play into it, knowing. But he said, it's "Like, as soon as somebody calls him Nick, he knows that they don't know him." Does Does Fury address the fact that two of his most trusted allies are both? One's an eighty year old man now, Captain America, Steve Rogers. He passed the mantle over to uh, Falcon. Uh, yeah, and um, his other most trusted ally is dead. Black Widow is dead. Does that, does that get addressed at all? Uh, so far in the show, no, they have not addressed that because Fury has like very few people that he trusts. 
Like and those all, are two of them. Yeah, Steve Rogers. Yeah, because because he had Captain America, who was working for Shield, and worked with him for a little while. He had uh, Captain Marvel too. He trusts her. He had Captain Marvel, who's who's basically out in space, like going to planet to planet. He had um, uh, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, Natasha Romanoff, and also he had Clint Barton, who's also a Shield agent. Who is that? Who's, the girl he's always with? Um, yes, yes. Or that Marie, girl. Yes, I forgot Marie about Hill, her. Yes, who she got killed at the beginning of the show. Like oh. like he had a very short yeah. list of people he trusted. So. Most of them are like dead and gone because you know Natasha Romanoff, she's dead. Maria Hill, she's dead, and you know Clint Barton, like Hawkeye, like he's definitely one of the people that he trusted. But he just he sees himself as retired. They haven't really linked him into the show yet, but I'm hoping that they do that at some point or another. And of course, Maria Hill, and also on that short list is uh, Talos, the scroll, uh, the former scroll general that he met in uh, Captain Marvel. Yes, who's true. Ben Middleton it was another person that he trusted because based on the show, also. They get into the background of how Fury got into power. He's basically saying like Ben Middleton and the secret like uh, group of scrolls that he had working for him. They infiltrated a lot of uh, other places and they helped Fury solve a lot of cases that he wouldn't be able to solve without him. Damn. And that's how he ascended to being like the the director of Shield, basically off the backs of the scrolls helping him because they can infiltrate certain uh, places and get him information that most people couldn't. So, so he already knew about. So Nick Fury was already working with the scrolls before we saw Robert Downey Jr. show up as Iron Man. Yeah, because in this show, he's saying, like, the way you, you'll see it play in, like, the next episode. That's why I was saying, like, him and uh, Ben Middleton, who plays Talos, the scroll, they play off each other as brothers, and they were having an argument. And he was basically, like, reminding Fury, like, like how do you think you got into this position? You got into this position because scrolls helps you get to that position by infiltrating getting you information, doing all the spies, espionage stuff that you wouldn't be able to get without us. So you wouldn't be able to be who you are right now if it wasn't for me. So he was basically like trying to like remind him, like, hey, don't try to forget that I got you to the position where you are now. People like to think like you're a great like agent and you know leader and all that stuff, which you are, but you got that off the backs of scrolls. So that's what they're playing into right now. Like of all the background of like how Fury got to be who he was at this point. So it was a nice little background. I was hoping I was gonna they was gonna dig a little bit more into it, but then again, we still have three more episodes to go of this six episode uh, series, which is kind of short, by the way. But I like the at least giving us like forty five, fifty minutes an episode. But I say what they've given us so far is actually really damn good. I think is I think it's very very good. It's a very good show. I'm, I'm very impressed with the show. I uh, I watched a show. Uh, it's called Muscles and Mayhem. It's about the American Gladiators. Uh, what Damn, services on Netflix? I gotta see this. Really dope. It's man. called Muscles and Mayhem. Muscles and Mayhem. It give you like the background of everything that happened in American Gladiators. Man, I used to love that I show. Loved it. I know it came out of nowhere too, but uh, it was from like 1987 to maybe 95, 96. 90. It, it didn't last very long. It started to fall off, but it gives you all the little backgrounds on how that started with like Nitro and Gemini and Ice and Blaze and all these different people that we knew. What uh, was the American Gladiator that ended up being in Mortal Kombat? The black dude. Oh, um, Saber. Was that Saber? Saber Turbo. Turbo, Turbo, maybe. Yeah, he was a black dude. He played Jax in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, the one from Annihilation. Yeah, Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. But this is like basically Gemini and Nitro. It was another. It was a girl who kind of was like the first three, and. it's, it's just showing like what how they like they were on steroids the whole time they were trying to compete with like WWE and stuff and how they didn't believe that they were ever going to get any any good ratings and stuff and it's like some of the games that they came up with they were getting hurt 
and they had to compete during when they were getting hurt and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty dope, man. Get out a try. I enjoy it. I enjoy that because I love the Gladiators showing all the games that we love with the joust and all that stuff. All right, now, what was your favorite game of uh, American Gladiators? Because I liked it when they did the rings. The where they was, were, they was trying to get yeah. past yeah, and then they caught on to him and then they right. yanked him yeah, down. Yeah, I like the one. They were shooting like a ball thing. They that was shooting, awesome. And they had to like run and hide behind the wall. And yes. They shooting like that was, that was a, a dope game. Is that where they was like running behind like these little uh, uh, like these little uh, walls where yeah, they had yeah. to hit like a target behind yeah, them or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they had one where they had to get like score a touchdown almost. They had to like run through the gladiator. Oh, shit. Yeah, nobody made that shit. Yeah, shit. A couple dudes made it. One dude gave like, because they were talking about... um. How they were like, uh, so the first dude was Gemini. He was the black dude. He was one of the first. And he was a football player who played in the NFL who didn't really like pan out. And so they was like, we just want some big people, like some big guys, black, white. We don't care. So they took him and they had him scout other people. So he picked like Nitro and another girl. And so they was like, well, what games we're going to play? We don't know yet. They were like drawing games up. The, the, the director or the producer of the show, his wife came up with games to play. And one of them, they had like score touchdown. And, or there was one that had, like, put this ball inside this ring, inside these little ring things, you know what I'm talking about? I kind of remember what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, well, one dude was like, yeah, um, people don't know. We were, like, playing with concussions and stuff, like, because he said, like, you know, a lot of guys couldn't really hit and stuff. Like, it was, like, football with, pat, with no pads. He said they thought it was because of, just because how big they were that they could take all that punishment. But he was like, there's a lot of dudes who were just cocky and shit, but they never played sports. And they just picked up as gladiator, and they're out there with concussions and getting their damn knees torn up and stuff. And so they was just talking about all the behind the scenes. They went on a tour through all throughout the United States. They were super big. Uh, they, everybody loved them, but they were hating it, and they were like having sex with each other. And it was just like behind the scenes stuff you would have never known. And then they definitely was on steroids the whole time. I they can believe all, that. Yeah. They were all sh- shooting up. They said they were. That's why they got so big and stuff like that. It's just behind the scenes of the American Gladiators. Didn't they? Didn't they bring it back for a short period of time with know. Hulk Hogan? I don't know if they did. I don't know. I don't. It was that. a very very short time. I remember yeah. that, but I could have swore Hulk Hogan brought it back for like a season or two. They were trying yeah. to revive it and it just didn't work. Um, they said they uh, went to Michael Jordan's restaurant and got to meet Michael Jordan because they were so popular back in the early 90s. You know, that was like the show. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved America. Bring Gladiators. it back to my childhood. Oh, I everybody love loved it. So if you, want to, if you love the Gladiators, give this a try. It's all just a documentary on, on the Gladiators. What's it called it, again? Uh, Muscles and Mayhem. Muscles and Mayhem. Yeah, give that a try. Where'd you see that at? It's on Netflix. Netflix? It's super dope. And it's all behind the scenes about like what, you know, they weren't getting paid enough, of course. Um, and then the, how they slowly started to go away and how they slowly started to fade out and they just canceled the whole entire thing uh, just because they just couldn't keep people and they were just getting rid of people and stuff like that that wanted more money. Uh, Nitro, I know you probably remember him. He was like, he's the main, one of the main, him and Jim and I were the main two. And it's just basically telling you like everything you need to know about the gladiators that you didn't know, basically. So I, I like that. How Hollywood treated them in L.A. and shit like that. So you pretty dope. took me back 30 years. Yes, time. everybody loved the gladiators. That was a glorious yes. time to be yeah. watching television. Yeah, man, I love the gladiator. All right, we watched that faithfully. I feel like we watched that and married with children every <laughs> day, every time that came on. That was guaranteed getting watched so uh if you like the american gladiators you want to know what don't forget about happening. unsolved mysteries unsolved and the mysteries simpsons all these are 90s late 80s early 90s mid 90s shows so this i don't think they lasted too long after the 95 96 season but for a while there they were the biggest thing on tv so uh get out a try that's on netflix called muscles and mayhem you get to see what happens to all those. They they bring them back. They're all old, and you know you can still see they got muscles a little bit, but they're not the same. But they're disgracing that that TV show. So 
You they know, screwed they, them. Yeah, like. basically. Yeah, they did. They weren't getting paid enough, and they they made them look a certain way. They had to look, you know, super. Cocky. They were juicing them, juicing them. Like, well, they said they didn't juice. They didn't want them to juice, but they had to look a certain way. And there was like, there's no way we could look like this. I hear that without juicing, you know. So. um yeah, basically. Even the women were juicing, and they had to go get breast implants Damn. to look a certain way. So, yeah. 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 So, But, yeah, that's all it was. I mean, that's how they had that physique. And then they would pick, like, a random Joe, and they said they would train the random Joe guy. Like, But people didn't know is that the people that they would have go against the gladiator, they would train them on how to beat that particular gladiator. That's messy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, like they do the joust. They said they bring a professional jouster from the Marines to train the, the competitors to beat the gladiators because they couldn't out muscle them. So, and they had one dude who was like a karate expert. He was whooping the gladiator. It was real funny. He was whooping <laughs> them real bad. So every once in a while, they'll get somebody who could compete. But most of the time, if just an average deal like us, they would go out there and throw us around. You that, know was, I mean? that was one of the highlights yeah. when you see somebody, you can tell he's a super athlete right. himself. Yeah, yeah. Like that he was, could compete on I some I used to level. love those episodes. Yeah. There was one dude, he, he trucked one of the, he gave the gladiator a concussion. He, because he was a football former football player, and he trucked him to score a little touchdown, and he was just crazy. And that motherfucker knew I couldn't, you know, I was doing this, and <laughs> he gave me a concussion, and I had to stay out there. Like it's just funny to see like how they they treated the competitors, and they got a certain amount of money to do this and incentives and stuff, and they treated the gladiators like like crap. You know, they was just there for the, for the show. They that they they gave the competitors the advantage, and they still didn't win all the time, but still they wanted them to win. So he could show that triumph, you know what I mean, of the American person beating this big-ass 250-pound guy. You know what I mean? So it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Give it a try. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's the only thing I've seen. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. So. yeah oh, yeah. It's, I think it's in this the first season. This guy for a couple seasons, sounds like. What? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I'm... No pun intended. I'm pumped. You remember to the watch dude that. Malibu? He was one of the gladiators. He had like long ass hair. I don't remember. No. Yeah. I probably recognize these yeah, guys when yeah, I watch. Yeah, it. he was one that was. They were saying he was super soft. He was just big as hell. They like he's soft as shit. He can't do nothing. But he 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 didn't make it long. Uh, yeah, it's just pretty dope stuff to to see and nostalgic for sure. So nice. I, good pick. Can't wait to see that. Very good pick. Oh yeah. Oh, Ryan, did you go already? Did I miss that? Uh, no, I said I was going to let y'all carry the torch. I've only seen the first episode of um, Secret Invasion. Uh, I'm sure you don't want to hear about my documentaries. I watch people getting chased by bears in the woods. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll save what that for watch, later. Revenant? <laughs> Cocaine bear again? What you been watching? Well, I'll, 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 have, I'll be caught up on Secret Invasion. And, yeah, yeah I'll, I wanted you guys to carry the torch for uh, Binge Worthy this week. Okay, I appreciate that. Now... New releases. I've only seen one new movie this past week. I don't know if either one of y'all seen it, but I watched uh, No Hard Feelings with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I did. This past week. Same here. Now, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll run the first lap, then you can take it home right after that if you watched it. I actually enjoyed this movie. It wasn't like the big laugh out loud funny movie that they made it out in the trailer. I feel like they did put a lot of the good stuff in the trailer. But overall... I did enjoy watching this movie. I thought it was very funny. Jennifer Lawrence, like when she gets into that little, that raunchy comedy kind of version of herself, I still think that she is pretty damn good at doing these certain comedies. Now, granted, she's been kind of pigeonholed and doing like these big, like uh, franchise projects, you know, with the X-Men and, you know, Hunger Games and all that shit. And every once in a while she does like a serious role, like um, 
What was the one that I was just thinking about with uh, Bradley Cooper? Which one was that? Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Mm. Yeah, that was good. That was that was a good one, actually. Like doing Joy and like whatever that that bullshit movie that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, where she was in that movie with um, Christian Bale, Jeremy Renner, terribly miscast. Bradley Cooper. That should have been. That should have went to. What a, was the name of that movie? I can't remember the name of it. What was it again? Uh, it was, was it American Hustle? There, perfect. Yeah, okay. exactly. American, American Hustle. Hustle. Yeah, that should have went to a forty-eight-year-old actress, not her young ass. Yeah, but. Man, she, she did the best she you could. You saw it too, Ryan? American Hustle? No, the movie he's talking about. Uh, I no, did, yeah. No, no hard feelings, oh, I did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I watched it. My wife, I feel like she enjoyed herself. I enjoyed myself watching it. It wasn't as it wasn't as raunchy as I thought it would be. It definitely had some parts in there. She definitely had like her like her chest out and everything, which looked like it was CGI. Literally. It, yeah, literally had her chest out. Yeah. But, but that was but, that looked fake to you too. It did look fake. Okay, it did look fake. But that's that's totally fine because usually when they do stuff like that, when there's like a lot of shade or whatever, and like all that kind of stuff, that I can kind of tell they're hiding the CGI part of it, which is totally fine. If I'm Jennifer Lawrence, I think the internet seemed like my t- my titties, my ass, like more than enough, especially as Mystique. So you don't need to do all that anymore. It's like she's just showing off, like, hey, I still look good. Here you go. But for as like the movie rating, I say it was probably. I'll say I'll give it a solid three out of five as far as how much I enjoyed myself. I so thought it's a B minus barely passable. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good. It was definitely more sentimental and more like a had like a more touching storyline that I was anticipating as far as like the bond that they were having with one another. It definitely went the way that I thought it was going to go once he found out because they always find out in these movies where they're trying to keep a secret from the main character. Next thing you know, he finds out, he gets pissed off, yada yada yada. But for the most part. I thought it actually pro- it played pretty well. It played pretty well for me. Not like the best comedy that I've seen this year or anything like that, but as far as like a serviceable comedy movie, like a date night movie, I thought it was actually pretty good. The lead guy, I can't remember the, his name off the top of my head. but I actually wrote it down because that was one of the new releases. Andrew Barth Feldman. Oh. Feldman, sorry. Andrew Barth Feldman. Never seen him in anything. Um. He played his role pretty good. I don't think the acting was a problem. It was always good to see Matthew Broderick getting work. I'm always. Was it just me or did he have like hair extensions in? Ain't no way the hell his yeah. hair was that hell long. Yeah, he it looks so weird. I was like, why is he? Why is he being like this gray haired hippie dad or whatever? With the long gut hair? was real. The hair was fake. I, I will definitely believe that. Okay. I'm a big fan. No, I, I am a I am a Matthew Broderick fan, but big time. I, I I thought he was miscast a little bit. Him playing the really? dad. I. I I don't know. I just didn't buy it. I it didn't feel right to me. I felt like they could have got somebody else to play that character. Very interesting. Because if you're gonna have that, that character, Lee, you want to have somebody there that's I don't know. It can actually be like the funny dad or whatever. I felt like he was. I just felt like he was miscast. If you're gonna have Matthew Broderick in there, you got to give him something more memorable. I would say I, that for the entire movie itself. With Jennifer but, Lawrence is a great actress and. The potential this movie had to be better than what it was um, is quite disappointing with what I actually watched. Um, I yeah, think, I, want, I, I think if hear- I was playing in my head, like hypothetical, if there was another actress that could have played that role, that probably would have played a little bit better. I was thinking more along the lines of like uh, maybe Haley Steinfeld, maybe. She could work, yeah. And believe me, I'm sure when they were casting for that, hmm. she was on that that list. She was on that list when they were looking at the lead actresses for that role. I guarantee you, Holly Steinfeld was right below Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, who else is young and hot in the late 20s, early 30s nowadays? But they, it's kind of like 
something you don't see her playing though. Is that what they were trying yeah, to go? Yeah, because they were they were playing into it in the in the movie, like eh, you're you're a little too old or something like that. Because mm-hmm. she's not that young anymore, but she she looks like she's like early thirties at this point. But Jennifer Lawrence is, is Hunger Games, right? I mean, like yeah. you don't see her playing this rouchy character, is what I'm saying. Like, like you don't see yeah, her. Not, really. not really. I never yeah. saw her that way. Like yeah. in, in her real life, yeah, she's like she's kind of like foul mouth, and she's like not like a lady, so to speak. But she's from Kentucky. Uh, like in, <laughs> yeah. like in her, yeah. in her normal Kentucky? life, she acts yeah. more like us. Right. I feel like, yeah. but I'm so used to her playing a certain character. Once they go back to characters like this, I feel it feels like she was trying too hard to be that kind of character, and I just don't see her that way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It just it, it felt kind of weird her playing the character. Like mm-hmm. I got it. It felt like every once in a while in Hollywood, they give certain actor or actresses movies just to give them a role to prove that they're still hot. You know what I mean? Like anytime, anytime I see J Lo in a movie, she got her fucking shirt off and showing her ass off. I was like, yeah. okay, she just got like this role in certain scenes just to prove that she's still hot. Yeah, yeah. and I I get that on some level, but at some point, but like I said before, once once I saw J Lo in Hustlers and stuff, I was like, you're better than this. Like we know you're hot, but you you are actually a really good actress. You don't have to resort to something like this. This is like something that an actress does early in their career. Mm. You know, like to get to another level. I feel like she went to another level and she brought herself down a little bit, taking something like this on. Uh, That's she, just how I feel personally. This is not one of her better better roles and not one of her better movies, but it's not a bad movie. It's just like it's just I, seeing it, her in a different light. Like once I see yeah. it, it's like it's yeah. it's kind of forgettable. I will say this. Like I I'm will not gonna say, go back and watch it again. That's all I'm saying. Even when she's butt ass naked on the beach, I'm like, all right, I've seen it once, I'm good. There, there's <laughs> a movie that, that came out in the late nineties. And it had a star that was on the rise. And um, it, it was a comedy that kind of took the world by storm. You talking about Boogie Nights? What are you talking about? <laughs> it came out the same year, I think. <laughs> um, this, this will give it Cameron Diaz. What are you talking about? Uh, something about Mary? There we go. Mm. There we go. So she was on the rise after The Mask. Oh, yeah. Then she uh, kind of flamed out with a couple bad roles. And then she was right back on top of the world after she made a, a raunchy comedy. So was that like I'm guessing that was like right before Charlie's Angels that kind yes, of stuff. Yes, yeah. Then Charlie's Angels happened, all that, and okay. then well, we have uh, the Bridesmaids movie. We got that fat, uh, um, oh, slightly Melissa chubby Mc- Melissa McCarthy. There we go. She hit it off real big. Exactly. Yeah. A raunchy comedy can elevate you to the yeah. to the top of the world if you're a female okay, actress, okay, but, yeah, and like yeah. similar like it did with uh, Tiffany Haddish and yeah. um, Ex- a great point, Tommy. Great point. You yes, pin, you pin like actors yes. like that, like girlship, like as far as like pin them in a raunchy comedy and give them like the standout character. Absolutely, it can carry you to a whole nother level. I, this movie, if it was better, it would have put Jennifer Lawrence right back on the top of the world, like she was when the Hunger Games were dominating the box office. Agreed. Uh, this played, the movie was just not that. I don't blame I think, it on her. I think that's still, what the goal was. It, absolutely. Is she Mystique still in X Men? Like she was Mystique when? Yes, she was. Okay, okay. Uh, She's that's the second Mystique. I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering about that because I'm going, I'm doing the double back at this point uh, in the year where I'm going back to watch old movies and just to kind of refresh my memory. If I'm not mistaken, I could have swore they killed Mystique in the Dark Phoenix movie. I never seen it because y'all disgrace it so bad. It's so bad, but they. I remember they killed Jennifer Lawrence within like the first twenty minutes of the movie. I. I never saw Dark Phoenix myself. Which kind of was fucks that up the one? For, that the one with the, had uh, the girl from Game of Thrones, the redhead girl playing yeah. playing Phoenix, right? Yeah. It had, uh, uh, damn, what's that fucking redhead girl's name? The one, the girl. From, I know who you're talking about. She was in like uh, Zero Dark Thirty. 
No, yeah, no, no. She was no, the girl from Game her. of Thrones, or the young girl. You're talking about the, the young girl, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're talking about the one that actually plays a Phoenix, Jean Grey. Yes, yes, she's in it because she was in X-Men... Uh, was it X Men First Class? I believe. Yes, yes, something like that. So yeah, that, so that, that's she, her. She plan. had a she had a Dark Phoenix movie solo, right? Everybody but hates X Men yeah. Three uh, with the original Mystique with the Femka Jensen, whatever her name. Yes, is. they killed her off in the first part of that movie, and I'm tripping. Um, Rebecca Remain Stamos. I don't remember the original no Mystique. Mystique. Rebecca Remain Stamos. Yeah, she was she one was fighting the, Hugh Jackman. She was the original one. Then the third X Men, okay, they took her yeah. powers away. She became like a human. Okay, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Now in yeah. the Dark Phoenix movie, they actually kill Mystique, Jennifer Lawrence's character, when uh, they try to go after the Dark Phoenix in this movie, which kind of fucks up the timeline. That what I kept thinking about, I was like, how the hell is Mystique going to be alive in the future if somehow or another the Dark Phoenix killed her in the past? Like that means there is no mystique in the future. You kind of you killed her off. So how the hell does that work on the timeline? That's why I hated that Dark Phoenix movie so much that it fucked it up a lot like of crap. shit. And I like my, Michael Fassbender as um, he had a Magneto. great scene as Magneto on that train when he was going like fucking God mode on everybody. But for the most part, yeah, the Dark Phoenix one is like one of the worst comic book movies ever, and I'm including the fra- the Flash. In that one. <laughs> it looked like it. I, I will find it, time for it eventually. It is, but it looked it, like it, it is really bad. It was it was really really bad. I can't believe they made that movie and yeah, they put it out in theaters. They should have canceled that shit like like Batgirl or something. It was it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was bad. I can't believe they put this shit out. Oh Lord have mercy. But yeah, I, the the no hard feelings movie. I say three out of five, but still. I I saw glimpses of her being like a, a top-notch actor or actress, I should say, in this movie. She still has it as an actress, but I think she just took on this role just for one, to prove that she's hot, have like a little nude scene, whatever, and to actually do like a comedy where it's kind of like raunchy. Mm-hmm. I think every actor or actress wants to make like a raunchy comedy where they can do like some, you know, some really funny, bizarre shit, whatever. Kind of like one of those comedy movies, the same way they have for like for um like the hangover, like one of those kind of raunchy movies. I feel right. like they were, they were aiming for something like that, especially when they did the red band trailer and all this other stuff. I just feel like they overplayed their hand as far as selling us this movie. Cause it wasn't exactly like that. It was far more a sentimental movie than it was, which didn't play bad for me, but it just, you kind of like gave me like a bait and switch on what it was going to be. And it ended up being something else. That's it, all. It's a mistake that a, they took. She took a big paycheck. I guarantee mm-hmm. you I'm sure she half did. the budget for this movie went to Jennifer Lawrence's salary. And the people behind the creative side of it, it was a win already. We got an A-list star. We don't have to fine-tune the material self. We already got an A-list star. We're guaranteed we're going to make 20 to $30 million off of this so we can pay her $10 million. Uh, that, that, And they, they didn't fine-tune it. You were way more. This wasn't the worst movie of the year. It won't be on my worst movie of the year list. But you were a little more generous than I would give it give you credit for and okay. me, mostly because i think my wife kind of played into my emotions as far as how she was enjoying the movie she was oh, laughing that, she that, was laughing a, and she thought it was like some pretty funny scenes in there there were some some really funny there scenes absolutely in there. was absolutely and i would say even for the first uh 20 30 minutes of the movie i was enjoying the heck out of it um but just as looking at myself this is one of the things this was a recent movie that kind of reminded myself as a moviegoer um a lot of people and you guys might be on this list, actually. Um, They are guessing what's going to happen throughout the movie, Uh, uh, especially females that I watch movies with. They're always get, even if it's not a horror movie, they're always guessing what's going to happen. And 
I realize that that's usually not the way I look at movies, unless it's like a horror movie like Scream or something where it's set up where that's part of the enjoyment of guessing who the killer is. But me, I'm I I usually just take it all in as it comes and I and I kind of process it afterwards. I'm not when I'm watching a movie, especially a romantic comedy like this, no hard feelings. Uh, very rarely am I saying, "Oh, I'm sure this is going to happen." I know this is going to happen. I don't even. It, it, you guys kind of look at me, probably pompous movie girl, how hard I am. But believe it or not, I kind of take stuff in, and I'm usually not somebody predicting what's going to happen. So it's very rare that I sit there and I say, "Okay, I know this geek is going to find out his parents hired Jennifer Lawrence to bang him." I knew that part was coming. It always comes. <laughs> exactly. It's like one of the most cliche and things in cinema history. I have seen so many movies, and I still go into each movie open-minded, and I just take the experience and then and process it. So for that to be as that obvious, that that's a slight knock. And if the movie's not drop-dead hilarious, you can't get away with having so so many unlikable characters in a movie. It's It's okay if it's entertaining. Some of the best movies ever made have unlikable characters in the lead roles. I, I, I challenge you guys to actually sit there and watch Lawrence of Arabia at, at a certain point. As Scott pulls out the lightsaber, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> very, very nice. Very Star nice. Wars always makes it to the podcast. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. Oh, yeah. So by the time uh, the lead male actor, who I've never seen anything else, this might be his first movie role, period, Andrew... Barth Feldman, when he runs that car into a tree while his friend roots him on, I damn near wanted to check. I was like, okay, there's probably only 20 minutes left in this movie. But what a dick move. Your parents gave a girl a car to take your virginity. You're already rich. You're well off. And you get mad that your parents gave you a girl to bang? So you're going to run her car and destroy her car? And then, of course, everything's all good by the end. He, she even ends up adopting the dog. Everything about this movie ran false to me. And if it wasn't for Jennifer Lawrence's acting talent, it would probably be less than two stars. This was a disappointment. This was a movie I was hoping would be a lot funnier, more entertaining. Um, this I, I, I say this is generic Hollywood at its peak right here. But it's not bad. It's not flash bad. But I to say I was slightly disappointed is pretty accurate because I I thought I would I, I thought I would give it a bigger rating especially how the movie started off I thought it was going to be a lot better. Sean, I hope you enjoyed it more than me and Tommy did. I haven't seen it yet, and so very disappointing. If you're going to take the big paycheck, show your titties for real, Jennifer Lawrence. Damn it. At the very least, that, that it didn't even, it. It, it, it looked fake. At the very least, I I would have got a hard on just seeing her in panties and a bra and running out the water. With nipple showing, you didn't have to do CGI breast panties what? in a bra would yeah. have. I'm telling you, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Like you saw, you saw the flash. You saw when he was going through that time globe. Yeah, the CGI looked just as bad as that. I, I'm glad Tommy noticed that because I thought I was the only one. I was like this shit looks fake as hell. It, it, it's not Halle Berry flashing the breast in a Hugh Jackman movie with John Travolta. It's it really Halle Berry's titties. This look fake. <laughs> I know. I, I think I remember leaning over towards my wife when that scene came in when she came out. The old shit. I leaned over. I was like, 
Those are fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was someone weird, else's body. Yeah. Which is a really weird conversation to have with your wife while you looking at a buck-ass <laughs> naked woman in the theater. I was, I was leaving her like, man, those titties fake. That ain't hers. Yeah. That's not her at all. Like, I, I'm surprised she didn't say, how'd you know? I was like, man, come on now. <laughs> Jeff Lawrence, man. Like, I got the internet. What the hell you want? I got Wi-Fi, baby. I know what they look like. That's funny. <laughs> they, ain't bounce, they ain't bouncing right. <laughs> Like that's Superman's oh, mustache the right there. <laughs> yes. On that level. Absolutely on that uh, level. You ain't gonna bamboozle me like that, man. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, hey. Um I guess we never got to uh grade Indiana Jones. Yes. Oh yeah, that's, we, that's we, last let's do it. Thing let's I do it. Um I like I liked that. I remember me and Ryan talked for a while after the movie. That's the last thing I've seen since we we've been uh, able to do the podcast in the theaters at least because I haven't there hasn't been much to see. I was going to go see Insidious three, and I was like, eh, I just like something. I think I might, that's Insidious five, five or whatever it is. I was, I, I better wait till that comes streaming. That probably be on streaming next weekend. What movie yeah, you talking about? Insidious three. Uh, was yeah, it the or Red five Door or, or whatever like Red Door? I kind of want to see it. I like you know that 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 franchise so far. Uh, that was the last thing. I First two are pretty to good. I, yeah. never, I haven't seen any past the first two i uh i enjoyed indiana jones though i gave it i gave it a solid three i I thought that was pretty good i enjoyed i i I see your gripes ryan but um, well that's to start backwards do you think it's better at the very least than uh the crystal skull movie yeah it's it's better than that yeah for sure agreed Uh, but it's not better than the original three uh it's not better than those but still i had a good time i was entertained i i liked i saw what the villain was trying to do that made sense for him at least uh, I like the little setup they had. I did. I the did woman you? didn't get on my nerves like she did for you, Ryan. I I can kind of see. Oh, now. she was annoying the shit out of me. She uh, didn't shit annoy me as much. I, 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 I would, and I'm a little uh, surprised that because the way Sean was as forgiving of her character, I thought uh, I might be in the minority. To to my uh, gleeful surprise, internet has been dogging really her out. Bad. Yeah, I guess. And I guess yeah. I see why, but I, she just didn't get on my nerves quite. That oh much, my! Though. From the very first scene, where she, she showed up in where the she classroom. Stole that one thing from the the archives yeah, that he got yeah, for. Then yeah. she's in the and that, it, it, even her before she stole that. Her fiddling around in that classroom, obviously not college age. Her just answering all the correct questions in that classroom. Um, the best quote that I've heard for her, better than I that I could quote. She has the most punchable face of a female actress I have ever seen. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I don't know. I seen Amy Schumer. <laughs> I definitely want to punch her in the face. Like hard. Like hard, hard as hell, too. I hear that. Whitney Cummings, she has a punchable face, too. Um, I remember when she used to be funny, but now she's just like annoying and over the top and loud. You know that loud... You know how uh, man, not, white girls gonna come after me and my wife gonna have a conversation. <laughs> you know how white girls get loud when they get drunk. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. That's that's how Whitney Cummings come across as to me. Like, where just, would I know her from? I can't put a face. She's on She's just name. she's just a comedian. I don't remember her from any movie in particular. But if you're like a fan of stand up, like I think she was on like the roast of um, uh, Charlie Sheen, I believe. I actually saw that. Actually, I saw the Charlie Sheen roast and the Justin Bieber roast. She's she's an all right comedian. Like she's not like horrible. She's not like overrated like Amy Schumer was when she came in and everybody got all in love with her and then all of a sudden she just fell off. But you know, she's you know, relatively attractive woman, but she's just like annoying a little bit. That's all. Mm, I know her. That, I've that, seen that, her that, that's that's all it is. I'm trying to think if I saw her in a movie. I don't I can't remember for life of me if she was in a movie or not, but she she's just 
just overrated to me. That, that's all it is. So as far as like being an annoying character, she was tiptoeing in that area. As far as like being like that one annoying character. And it's always one in an Indiana Jones movie. She wasn't like the screaming blonde from the, mm-hmm. what was, it wasn't Temple of Doom. Was she was worse Doom? than her. Temple I hated Doom, her yeah. worse than that. I hate her. her worse than that. No, yes. no, she is like the she's like on Mount Rushmore is like the annoying female character of a movie. <laughs> she was she was annoying, but she wasn't like on like Dakota Fanning, like War of the Worlds kind of annoying. She, she was, was. Just, she was just annoying as far as like, like, what the hell are you doing? Are you doing all this to steal it now? All of a sudden you're trying to sell, sell it? it. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck is that all about? Like, what, what is going on? I thought that was like your godfather right there. You're supposed to be taking care of you since your father passed. And now all of a sudden you're just doing all this so you can steal this and sell it. It's like, what the hell is going on? Like, I didn't, I didn't quite understand her character. It felt like it was unnecessary. Extremely unnecessary. There was such a better movie. And before I forget, because we can talk about this. And I'm on Sean's uh, grading skills. Well, I'm going to give it a three out of five. I really enjoyed this movie more than I thought. Because I fully walked into that thinking I was going to hate this movie as much as I hated its predecessor, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But... I did not have a hatred for Hollywood like I had walking out of that last Indiana Jones movie. I actually had a very, there was a lot of good stuff in there, and it just reminded me of how good Indiana Jones movies can be um, when done well. And I really feel, just like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, there was a masterpiece in there somewhere. Uh, your boy, who made uh, Shawshank Redemption in The Green Mile, he, he um, Frank Daremont, he actually made the first season of The Walking Dead as well. And The Mist, which has, mm. we all like that. Frank Dermott's one of the most talented filmmaker directors ever. Apparently, his script for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is one of the best movies ever. For whatever reason, Lucasfilm didn't, they rewrote it too much, and we ended up with that mutt, Shia LaBeouf, alien plastic skull crap. Is, uh, shot my bad. Is Shia LaBeouf the one he's talking about who died? He said, yeah, yes. he joined uh, the And it war. wasn't until yeah. talking to Tommy afterwards, because I, I hated the Crystal Skull so much walking out of the theater. I've never watched it since that point. So I think that movie came out over 10 years ago at this point. But, um, yeah, I forgot that that actually was his son. In my memory, I thought that was hinted at it could be his son. Mm. But, yeah, Tommy at at the time was like, yeah, you're right. They just wrote him completely out of this movie. Shia LaBeouf got – that was his son in that movie. Yeah. I, I, I didn't – that movie was I try to forget that as much as I could, but yeah, Tommy's right about that. Um, but I'm very thankful Tommy uh recommended we go see this in theater because I am glad I see I saw it in the theater. And from the critical and audience reactions that have been going on and it's disappointing box office, it seems like I probably enjoyed it more than most people. My sixty year old coworker that I've worked with for the past five, six years of my life. She said she wouldn't saw and she could she hated it. She hated it. Really? Really bad. That's disappointing. And very much so. And a part of me was even extra hurt because that's an underserved fan base um in in Hollywood right now. Because right now they're making for movies they're the majority of films coming out are made for our age group and younger. And they they're pretty much saying everybody over forty five and up. Um, they'll probably just watch it on streaming. They don't care about us buying tickets. So this is outside of um, Tom Hanks is a man called Otto. There's not a lot of cinema being advertised that I think my parents would want to see. This is something 
that I'm sure my guy rest or so my deceased mom would want to see. She could care less about an animated Spider-Man movie or which I which I happen to love or all these comic book movies. But she would pay money opening weekend to see Indiana Jones because that's what she grew up liking uh, when she was our age, pretty much. And it takes her back. And I was looking forward to this because it took me back to my childhood. I, I hold that original Indiana Jones trilogy up there um, with any other trilogy that I that I adore. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Indiana Jones is in that same category. So it, it hurts that I got a feeling that the my dad's age group, my dad's 85, by the way, the 60 and up crowd, they're going to look at this and say, this is the problem with Hollywood. Too much CGI. Um, what happened to the real stunts? Where's the charm? Um, likable characters. And I can't remember a time where I was offended. This is the first time in the Indiana Jones series that a racial slur was uttered. And it did. Messed, I miss it. What was it? I missed that one. Yeah. A wasted character. By the way, the black CIA agent, she called one of those Nazis working for, uh, what's that actor's name? Uh, something Mickelson, Mads Mickelson. Remember, he was the Nazi. Yeah, he was uh, the, prof- not the the doctor, professor, where the hell he was. Yeah, he was nuclear. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a physicist, actually. And his character was obviously drawn, uh, was in- inspired by Werner von Braun, who pretty much. He invented the V-1 missile, which helped Hitler dominate the majority of World War II, and he got a job in NASA. So Werner von Braun pretty much built NASA during uh, Project Paperclip, and we took the best Nazi engineers and doctors over to the United States after World War II. Um, I thought that was cool. They built his, they built that character around him. But before I get sidetracked, that black CIA agent who was wasted. With and the I, afro? I, yes, yeah, okay. of course. A black lady in the 60s? Of course she has an afro, you motherfuckers. But, uh, yeah, she it was called, a safe bet. Yeah. She, she called one of those characters a dumb cracker. Oh, she did. She I like, do remember dumb that. Cracker? I couldn't believe it. I could not believe I was offended. I, 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 I've, I've, I've talked about this with, the indie, with uh, that Transformers movie. And how it's hard for black actresses out here, and that character should have been the second lead to Indiana Jones. Let me let me go to my paper here. Phoebe Waller Bridge, that's the actress who played Helen, who was the second lead in this movie, and who they damn near trumped up to carry on the franchise after Indiana Jones, which will never happen after ne- negative feedback of this. Who played his goddaughter? This character was absolutely awfulable, unlikable from the get go. And had the nerve to try to get compassion from the audience for her towards the end. And at, pretty much this is Harrison Ford's last Indiana Jones movie. And he, he even asked her, just let me die here in the past. She punches Indiana Jones in the face. I, could, I couldn't believe it. So even though it sounds negative, and I really feel that uh, the main villain in this movie, who was pretty awesome, he's always Mads Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. who plays that Nazi, I still don't understand why he took a pole to the face on a speeding train in that opening sequence and then shows up. Not only is it bad he survived, no scar on his face, but I thought when that happened, I thought he already had the dial of destiny. I thought he already traveled through time and made sure that event didn't happen. That explains why not only he survived getting blasted in the face, would have beheaded somebody, but he doesn't even have a scar to show for it. Never touched upon again. They only time travel at the end of that. So I really feel 
there is a masterpiece of a movie where that character time travels before the end and the black woman doesn't use a racial slur and calls a white white boy a cracker in this and she's the actual she's the actual lead just like I really feel there's a better Star Wars script out there where they didn't put Finn on the sidelines Finn becomes a Jedi that's that's bad Hollywood but I did not dislike it the way I hate the last Jedi Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, Harrison Ford this charm he's just like we were talking about Jennifer Lawrence earlier he's a movie star himself I found myself laughing at times sometimes even laughing at the movie I couldn't believe he was riding a horse and even that looked like green skin you tell me you couldn't put Harrison Ford on a on a horse for a 10 second shot I was he old man I, I'm telling you, he for 10 seconds old. yeah I was laughing my ass off he was on a you could big old green screen him riding a horse ha I was like come on it was very entertaining I, I um and yeah just seeing there, there was there was a masterpiece of a movie on there and it's a damn shame it's not the masterpiece like the original Indian Jones ours but Tommy thank you for inviting me and Sean to the theater I enjoyed going see there was there was enough good in here mm-hmm. for to enjoy the theater experience I, me watching that 50 caliber gun shoot from the top of the train at the opening sequence and that that little cart chase sequence they had I believe in Rome midway through no, no matter how big your TV is at home, it's not going to feel the same as watching it on an 80 foot screen with that level of surround sound. And it reminded me of how good Indiana Jones movie. So, um, not the five star movie I wanted or expected, but not the one and a half one star travesty that I expected either. I give it a, a three B minus. I enjoy myself. I'm yeah, glad I saw it in theater, even though I, this had one of the worst female side characters of, of all time <laughs> and I hated I hated still, seeing it was it. still better than Transformers and the Flash way better way yeah, yeah. yeah blowing those out the water yeah. absolutely so I but, was very yeah. grateful that Tommy invited us up because I actually I had a great time me and Sean were laughing our ass off most of that movie oh that dude screamed when he, that cart jumped over that, <laughs> on the first yeah. part of that train <laughs> <laughs> we bust out they were looking at us like what's wrong with y'all what's laughing down there for yeah. I, was, I was laughing my ass off. I yeah. didn't see that coming. I, yeah, I was laughing with it and at yeah. it at multiple times. And and another negative knock for that fake terrible ass short round character they put in there. Oh yeah, little who, boy who yeah. can fly a plane through a time warp himself. <laughs> his first time flying, he figured and, it all out. Oh, while yeah. somebody was sleep on there, didn't know what was going <laughs> That's on. It. That uh, character uh, added up uh, nothing. Uh, and how? Uh, and, and yeah, if you if we're having Indiana Jones movie. With apparently a two hundred fifty dollar, two hundred fifty million dollar, three hundred million dollar budget, and you have him traveling through time, why send him to the most boring setting? Let's go of back all? to the dinosaurs or something. Let's go way back. Go uh, back. You have an unlimited range, yeah. and this is something we could see on PBS. People dressing up in costumes, sword fighting. I couldn't believe my eyes seeing that crap. But still, it, it, there was enough good in there for me to give it a positive rating. And Indiana Jones fans. It's not as bad as Crystal Skull, and I think it's good. It's is, passable summer entertainment. Is it realistic to see it be passed? I saw Insidious pass, pass it over the weekend as far as, like, the weekend results or something. Like that. Is that true? Or is, like, Insidious jumped it as far as, like, it's just a second weekend has been out? Yes. Third weekend. Well, Insidious yeah, I think o- it's t- third. took over for in, over is Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think it might be a it's third. It's the second weekend for Indiana Jones, but keep this in mind. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I believe, came out in 2007, 2008. 
that movie opened to a hundred million dollars over three days. Yeah. I thought it would be in number one for a while, at least two or at three weeks. At least until uh, Mission Impossible comes out. Yeah, that's out. what I was thinking. Insidious, for sure. Insidious jumped it already. Like, yeah. And like, uh, damn. It, it did, but Insidious opened bigger than expected, That's too. what I thought. Like, I didn't think so, nobody would be that hyped to see Insidious. It, it was number one, wasn't it? Yeah, and those, yeah. it was, um, I didn't think it was still momentum, but those Insidious movies have consistently opened to 20 or $30 million each time. Uh, those Damn. movies make money. Yeah, I mean, those just, movies which make is pretty good for her. Hell yeah, hell that's yeah. The same dude. Uh, it's, it's, what's his name? Wu James Wan. James, James Wan. He's yeah, a producer. Yeah. yeah. Um, the um, the lead actor of this, who's also in, in the, the Conjuring, Conjuring movies. Yeah, yeah. He actually directed this movie. Really? He did. Yeah, I think okay. this is his directorial okay. debut. I can't wait. You know, I like him. I like horror, and, I, and they're kind of like the Conjuring. They're the same kind of thing as the Conjuring. You sure know thing. I mean? yeah. Sure thing. Yep, so, Tommy, what's your opinion of Indiana Jones? I I enjoyed myself. I thought the de aging that they did at the beginning was actually pretty damn good. Yeah, no lie, surprisingly it was, good. It was pretty clean. Like, and I think we both kind of looked at it and rolled our eyes when we saw him running on top of the that train. train. Yeah, I was like, man, he, he run, ever. I was like, he running way too fast. This is <laughs> this is like Blade, the CGI fight in front of the lights yeah, in Blade yeah, Two. I was yeah. like, what the hell's going on right now? <laughs> Like he ain't never ran that, <laughs> that fast looks better in his than life. This. Yeah, I was like, All right, that was man. terrible. And keep in mind, they're saying this movie had a three hundred million dollar budget. Damn, yeah, man, Indiana Jones need to be locked up. He be killing people and just people dying. He, 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 he get away with a lot yeah, of shit. Police as a need to come get. He's just a uh, what's up? What do you call him? Archaeologist or whatever? He's an archaeologist. Somebody he's getting away no, with a lot of. He's no, gonna, not really. There's people dying from Indiana Jones people because he's killed. Fu- and but shit. he's always been like the now, every man. He's just but resourceful. He was taking out war criminals too, though he was exactly. Taking, he's, yeah. he's killing Nazis in this. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about Nazis. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I don't care. As soon as we see that SWAT. Oh fuck you, motherfucker! You gotta go. You wear that outfit. You gotta die. You know. So I was wondering, like, how did Indiana Jones get away with all this shit? Yeah, he's not, a, yeah, he he's saw, not in yeah. the CIA or anything. Or he's FBI. just resourceful. Yeah, those people were torturing kids in the Temple of Doom. They deserve to fall off that bridge. <laughs> they deserve that. Shit. Oh man, ripping yeah, hearts out. Indiana Jones get away with a lot of stuff. So. Oh, but I thought I thought it was actually pretty good. Now, one thing I did notice from. I like how they do this. How they carry a, a story arc all the way through. Not even just a movie, but a franchise. Y'all remember at the beginning of uh, it's, it's Temple of Doom is the first one, right? Oh, Raised the Lost Ark. Yeah. Raised the Lost Ark. Remember how the the students were acting towards him? They were all in flirting. love with him, flirting. Yeah. Now you see how he is at the end of his career, where they're falling asleep, not paying attention. <laughs> I enjoyed that. that. I, I definitely I enjoyed the grumpy old man. Yeah, he was, uh, turn it down. I'm glad you, that's a. Great point, Tommy. Great I, point. I like how they're doing that. Like how it ends for him. Like it's it's not the same for him. He's still trying to do this even at an old age. He's all end of his rope kind of thing. I was like, all right, it's I, inevitable I, I, for all of us. I, I like how they're doing like the flip, like where it started and where it ends for him. Like he kind of knows like this is the end. They're like they're playing this all together. Like this is the end. Like this has to be it. This is the last one. Whatever. I like how they were doing that. Like him. Like for one. Like as a man. Like seeing him. Like walk around with his shirt off. I was like, "Damn, eighty man, I am, I am so fat and out of shape, man. I need to do a setup." I'm telling you, I, I was something. hoping that was CGI when I, when they showed him without his shirt. I was like, if that is really what Harrison Ford looks like without his shirt at eighty, I was like, damn. "I gotta go to a gym." Yeah, you ain't lying. Like, damn, mm-hmm. like Harrison Ford, like still in pretty damn good shape for his mm-hmm. age. I'm like, for what? I was like, all right, he takes this shit seriously. He takes acting seriously. He's getting into shape. Like even at this age, he's still. Looking pretty solid, so I can I can believe it a little bit more when I see something like that that he can actually 
do more of his stunts even at this age than even he probably should. So that's that's always good to see that as far as like having a little bit more background on like what he's been doing as far as like stand in condition to do something like this because a lot of action stars ain't really got that like me and this and you know who I'm talking about. You can't run for shit. <laughs> but, but I thought the storyline it was a lot better of a storyline than uh Crystal Skull. Big time. I thought that was a, I thought that was a nice little uh, upgrade right there. No CGI monkeys. <laughs> no CGI monkeys. But I actually like where they took the storyline with uh, Shia LaBeouf. I thought we we talked about that briefly by how they killed him off as a son. Because I was like, all right, they they present him as his son in the last one. It's like, what is he going to do with him now since he's not coming back? You have to give out some kind of line or some some kind of story that's believable for people to understand like why he's not in this one. Because you know, Shia LaBeouf he went through his legal trouble in his personal life, so I'm trying to figure out like where are you going to go with that? You have to have, you have to explain that. So explaining like his son like went to off to war, then he died. It made it more of a believable storyline as far as why him and his wife aren't together. Because I was imagining, Agreed. Agreed. I was imagining that she was going to have more of like a a more uh, dominant role in this one as opposed to what she had in the last one. She like, was actually vocal about that. That actress who played his wife, and yeah, I, thought if, wife, I would have thought she had a lot more screen time. She, she was, was that's the original plan. And Sean even made the comment in a group text we had before the show. Hey, Ryan, you hear Kathleen Kennedy got fired? And um, Been hearing that rumor I, I was hoping years. it was true. Yeah, I, no, exactly. is it a rumor? It, it is. It's yeah. Foul. Now, keep in mind, she has unlimited credit because one, her first project, taking over Lucasfilm, is the highest grossing movie in North American history: Star Wars Episode One, The Force Awakens. Whatever your opinion is, listeners, I don't think any movie will ever gross nine hundred million dollars plus in our lifetime, just in North America alone. There'll be other two billion and three billion blockbusters worldwide, but not even Avatar or Avengers Endgame or Infinity War made nine hundred and thirty million dollars just in Canada, the United States alone. I'm still shocked. That movie made a hundred million dollars in its second week. I'm still shocked how much money that Force Awakens made. So she did that, and she's also producer on The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Has probably sold $3 billion worth of toys all on its own. Yeah. So, yeah, her rope and and that noose on that rope, it's it's a very long line. She has a very long leash just off of that alone. But in my opinion, she would have been fired right after The Last Jedi came out because nobody gets that not – not a single frame of film or digital – camera work gets shot without Kathleen Kennedy saying, let's do it. Yeah, investors who are putting this money in here, this is the move we're going to make. If 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 I was an investor putting money in that and they said, yeah, we're going to keep Luke Skywalker, the most powerful Jedi character in the entire Star Wars franchise at this point, and all the people that grew up loving Star Wars worshiping this guy, we're going to keep him on an island and man, you're really mad about this. I hate. I, I really hate that movie. You might so need much. to go to therapy and talk about this. I, I recovered. I, it, <laughs> it, it might. It might have been necessary when it came out. I've, I've recovered, and but um, that's why I said she. I'm not. Even though her influence is strongly there's there's no uh, what's her actress name and her career is her career is done. Phoebe Waller Bridge. You will never see her in another blockbuster. She. Oh, she's, she, a, she's a UK actress, right? Of course. Oh, I, I, yeah. Just like um, what is she just like just for, like man? Ray 
from that they f- shoved down our throats. Ray was start off as a great character, then they just shoved. Her. This is the Kathleen Kennedy influence, shoving these female empowered characters down our throat. And and to get back to my original point, um, Steven Spielberg was originally attached to finish off this franchise. He since he directed the first four movies. And the actress you were talking about, who was barely in it, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones character wife, she was supposed to play a way bigger role. But when Steven Spielberg dropped out, the script changed completely, according to her. And Kathleen Kennedy tried to shove this new female character down the throat and almost damn near tried to make it seem like she was going to pass the mantle and make her the next Indiana Jones. So uh, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, this this with. This could have been a master. This could have been just as good as the original trilogy, in my opinion. Would the you? story was there, but it 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 could have turned. It was no Last Jedi yeah. disaster, but I, there was enough good to give me. I'll give it a positive grade. Would you give it, Tommy? Did you give a grade to it? Uh, it's I'll say three point two, three point three. Yeah, we're on agreement yeah. with this. Okay, I, I enjoy myself. I thought it was a very good watch. I I like Harrison Ford. I'm an apologist for Harrison Ford in a lot of ways, so I I defend him. Mostly, for the most part. I, I thought he did a really good job. I think they gave us a better storyline. A lot of people had gripes with the whole time travel thing. But when I think about it, looking back at uh, Crystal Skull, the missions that he goes on and the stuff that he uncovers, it was only a matter of time before he was going to do something crazy like time travel. Mm. So that's why I'm kind of a little bit more forgiving on Crystal Skull with the alien thing. I was like, a lot of this stuff was inevitable. I was like, where else is he going to go? It's kind of like Fast and the Furious. It was only a matter of time before they went to space. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before they turn into Transformers. Yeah, like uh, some of that storyline stuff, it just it just makes sense on where they go with this. Like, like what else is he going to do? Unearth like another like object in the, like in the middle of the Earth or something like that. He's going to go to the core. Like, yeah. like what else is he going to do? He, time travel was pretty pretty inevitable. I'm sorry, but keep in mind the first Fast and Furious movie they were hijacking DVD players off a semi truck, so it started on a very grounded plane. The first Indiana Jones movie. Um, it ended with him finding the Ark of the Covenant and Ghost coming out and burning all the Nazis' faces off. Uh, the second one had uh, what some Indian uh, witch ripping people's hearts out, and the third one they were looking for the 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 cup of Christ. Yeah, and they had a thousand year old knight was from the Knights Templar guarding it, and he was. They said, yeah, I'm a thousand years old, and he just had gray hair. So these movies have always started out dealing with supernatural and far-fetched stuff. So when aliens time travel, that fits perfectly in the Indiana Jones storylines. To me, it's just how they're handled. And thankfully, in my opinion, this Dial of Destiny handled it a lot better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I enjoyed way more than I disliked. And Thanks again for inviting me and Sean out to the theater. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. Yeah, did y'all know that he he uh, used to staple his hat to his head? What, what the fuck? Why? Indiana Jones to keep it on in in scenes. Really? Yeah, yeah his hat's read. always falling off in the yeah, movie. I read, I read that. That's like it's, a running yeah. joke. His hat. He always ends up He's, finding his hat after it gets. It yeah, he said he had to staple. He has scars to prove it. I just read that. Before. I never heard. That's hilarious. That's crazy. Damn, they couldn't get like a fitted hat. I know. Goddamn, put some tape before you staple me in the head. Goddamn it. Yeah, shit. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, it gives a, gives us a cool story to talk about. Right. Yeah. Stapling yeah. the hat to his head. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, all right, I was wondering yeah. how that hat stayed on. I know. It's, <laughs> I never heard that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Harrison Ford, shout out to you, man. A, a right. man that's committed to his craft. Definitely still Damn. got it, man. Now, am I missing anything? Do y'all watch any other movies that we um, might need to discuss? Because I've only seen that and, uh, you know, of course, the uh, Indiana Jones one. Did y'all see the new uh, Kevin Hart stand up? Uh, it's on Peacock, though. I nope. do have Peacock. I, I do not funny. watch. It's called Reality Check. Uh, I don't I don't watch Kevin Hart stand-ups anymore. Yeah, I, he wasn't it, that funny that last one I seen. So. Where he was in his house? In the basement of his house. I'm like, get you. It was terrible. And the one before yeah. that wasn't even funny. Like, Kevin Hart stand-ups just... That aren't aren't funny to me anymore. I um I can I always see his... so many more standups of him talking about his fucking family. And yeah, he's talking about his like, kids. And I don't give a yeah. shit about your kids, yeah, man. Fuck them. And yeah, this is not for you. And honestly, I always thought <laughs> I always thought his standups were overrated. Yeah, and he was not as Dave Chappelle and those guys. He's not no, but I I still think they're funny. And I don't find myself disgusted like I was watching that recent Marlon Wayne stand up, which I thought was just. I wonder terrible. if that we don't relate to him as much anymore because he done went so big. You know what I mean? Like we can't really relate. Dave Chappelle is big, but he's still not in that. He he's not a big of an actor as Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? So Dave Chappelle right. still we can relate to him. I feel like we we don't really. And relate it's like to it's Kevin Hart. like I said, yeah. that's like Tommy said. Kevin Hart, he's not on that same level with um, just. Uh, looking at the social, yeah, uh, he's yeah. not breaking down breaking down social conflicts the way Dave Chappelle does, and like a lot of the yeah. legendary comedians do. Kevin Hart, his bread and butter is making comedy out of his own personal life, yeah, yeah. and exactly. I can understand. To me, it even gets tiresome. Yeah, but and it's terrible. I don't. I see. It, and to I, me, I'm, I'm gonna say this to offend him if he ever hears it. I think Kevin Hart is just a dumb comic. No, I'm no, not that, no, that's how I feel. I think he doesn't have enough substance or he doesn't have a unique point of view on anything in the world other than what he knows is safe. I think he got so paranoid about people making up stories about him stealing jokes that he just made fucking jokes about stuff that he knows he can't steal. And that's his family. He got in trouble for talking about the dollhouse shit. If he saw his son with a dollhouse, he would. Man, he said that on yeah, Twitter. Hit him, with a, no, hit, hit him with it or something. I don't know. Something crazy. And I thought and I feel that like he's been playing than anything in his stand-up. I feel like he's been playing it safe. He's you know been playing I mean? it so safe, safe that yeah, it's, yeah. it's just his so movies. Yes, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I, I'm not going to willing to go that far and say he's playing it safe in his stand-up. When's the last time he had an edgy take on anything? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't go to that route. Yeah, no. He's, Did you see yeah. when he was talking about? Um, it was. A, it wasn't the one he did his house, but the one before that. Where, um, what, what now? It, it, it could have, I, I, he was, it was in some big, big arena, but he was talking about, uh, he wanted to look on his wife's computer. He started seeing the porn that she was watching. Did y'all see that? It's like, uh, yeah, I, the porn she was watching was completely opposite than I was. It was big socks, big draws, big everything. The complete opposite of me. <laughs> it was, it was nothing but big cocky dudes fixing stuff around the house. <laughs> yeah, he started. He started trying to turn himself in, into a, a repairman around the house, buying stuff, fixing stuff. It's, it's like you like yeah. that. You like. I thought he he's got some funny stuff. He I, has like glimpses of like yeah. him being funny, but overall, like his standup for the most part is just it, it's just boring. And somebody that's a family man like myself with kids, even the stories that he tells about his family, it just it is not that relatable or funny to me. Talk, yeah, he, for one, he was talking. He used to talk about his dad a lot. You know what I mean? Which yeah. his dad apparently passed away. Really? Okay. Yeah. So we talked. Yeah. So this is nothing new. This will not make you a converted Kevin Hart stand-up I fan. I like him, but I just I don't. He's just not on that 
that level he's, of the Eddie Murphys of the world. And the, no, the, no, not yeah. even close. Yeah, not uh, even uh, Dave close. Chappelle, who people we would put on the mantle of stand up. You know, what I mean, he's not he's not up there. I feel like I, I don't Agreed. know how to explain other than he's like commercial to me. You know, what I mean, his like, movies, yes, yes. Yeah. and it's stand up. But like I said, um, some a person that I hold two stand ups that I hold in very high regard had very disappointing previous stand ups. Eddie Griffin, I think he's hilarious. I, think and I would say the majority off. fell off though. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And did y'all see the last Cat Williams stand up? And I, no, I, I haven't watched Cat Williams. Cat Williams another one that he not he fell, off, fell off recently. Though. Only yeah. in that last one. So everybody yeah. has been. I've never seen Kevin Hart have a horrible stand up, and uh, some of the uh, legends have. He's, he's got a few. Not to me, I, I was they were overhyped. Yes, agreed. But to me, I, that last. Eddie Griffin stand up I saw that last Marlon Wayne stand up I saw. Would you say his uh would you say Kevin Hart is better than the Chris Rock stand up that came out recently? No, Chris Rock was way better. I haven't seen this Kevin Hart's new stand up, but would uh, uh, yeah, I would. You I say would. this is better yeah. than Chris this, Rock's this, Yeah, I would, yeah, just because um And that was still disappointing. What, the way he addresses the Will Smith situation yeah. and the way he talks about LeBron James hairline and how <laughs> people need to stop with the fake stuff with the uh, what they call B- BBLs, if you guys know what that is. Uh, yeah. Brazilian butt something. Butt lifts or something. Butt lifts there. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, some dude posted on the internet how they put bone implants in his legs to make him, like, five inches taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah. So I was like, yeah, Kevin Hart's addressing, like, yeah, I, I've known LeBron James for, like, ten years. And I know what his hairline looks like. So when I saw him at a party, what up, what up, what up? And his hairline's perfect. Like, what the fuck did you do? He, he's talking about, there's some funny stuff in there. I didn't have any of those. He, he, if he out came to Fort Wayne, he would, he would sell out the Coliseum or something. He would have, I don't even know if he would come to Fort Wayne. He's too big. But he kind of, shit, when I was in California, he was playing at a casino. So, I mean, I don't know what his, what his, his fans are now. You know what I mean? I'm, he's got fans, but he's still not. On that Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock level, not not yeah, to me either. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. But that doesn't make him a bad comic. No, no, he's not bad. He's, he's not. not bad. A, I just feel like he just runs through the same stuff. He's yeah. just he's just a boring comic. Yeah. Um, he's he's not. He's just not that. Well, you're it, just saying he don't. It's just take me it personally there. because yeah. I'm so used to the edginess. Yeah. I'm used to the edge because because if you like Patrice O'Neill, you kind of like everything that comes off the tree of Patrice O'Neill, like right. the Bill Burrs, like George Carlin, Richard Pryor, or even Paul Mooney. Like people like that, that's willing yes. to take risks and on tell it. jokes that most Kevin people Hart's are. not on that level. Yeah, because He's those not. dudes didn't care what they said, and so they never really made it huge. But he got so big that yeah. he got scared to he, actually tell something that can possibly get him canceled. Yeah, he knows now. Like I said, that shit. What he said, if he saw his son playing with a dollhouse, he would hit him with it or something like. He that. just made that in a tweet. Yeah, but he, he paid said that for that. He it, it took a toll on him. Like, he had to apologize on damn near everything. No, he, he just up. he just. Got kicked off from hosting the Oscars. Yeah, but it did take a toll on him. Like I wouldn't like. I feel like he's safe now. Well, he's trust, super safe. Um, he's and you, you guys might be right, but all I'm gonna say is he's always felt that way to me. I, I don't think I don't think his earlier stand-ups before or right around the Soul Plane era. Before he start making those movies with Ice Cube. And, I thought his earlier money. stuff was way funnier than what he's been putting out the it last was, ten years. I still wouldn't say that he was crossing the line or he wasn't look at some Paul Mooney Richard Pryor Eddie Murphy 
even before he blew up, his stand-ups were nowhere close to that level of raunchiness or subject matter. And he was still primarily basing off his family. Yeah, he's talking about his dad with the big dick and sweatpants. Son, going, yeah, son yeah, doing dumb yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, the, the vulgarness, was ne- he was never that that comic. And I, I kind of respect that. He's, he stays in his lane. Some people, there's only one Richard Pryor, there's only one Andy Murphy, there's only one Dave Chappelle. Kevin Hart's just not on that level. And if it's going to make you guys sick. Believe I, I saw this. You know he's made more money in the movie industry than Eddie Murphy has. That don't tell him. That don't say much. He's outworked him for sure. Yeah, he's but that, that's just like when they came went up with that whole story that he um, surpassed Eddie Murphy in like ticket sales for like a comedy uh, concert show, or whatever. Now he, it, even that is still kind of like like who gives a shit to me? Because yeah, maybe he can be more financially like successful. Than Eddie Murphy, but he is nowhere close to being as impactful. No, no nowhere no, close no. as Eddie now, Murphy. So the whole finance thing is kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it gives like a distorted view on his does. impact on like comedy in general. Like, yeah, he might be the one of the more successful comedians, but he is nowhere close to being the most like impactful or even for me Agreed. memorable. Would y'all put him in the top 10? No, 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 no. He's not even in your top 10? Okay, so I can't. Have you even talked about Damon Wayans yet tonight? Damon Wayans is one of the best comedians. Yeah, Yeah, I'm telling you. Like I I, I said before, I think Dion Cole is three times funnier (laughs) than Kevin Hart. His last stand up had me cracking. Now, is this the guy from the Old Spice? Yeah, Old Spice guy. His Old Spice commercials are hilarious. Hilarious. And apparently he has a show on BET called Average Joe, I think. I've heard about it, I haven't seen it. But you know he did all the he used to write for what Conan and plus he was yeah, on uh, really uh, yeah. um, uh, what is it Blackish Blackish he was yeah. on Blackish okay with uh, Anthony Anderson he's he funny he popped up in one of those barbershop movies he's very funny okay how about this Mike Epps or Kevin Hart Mike Epps not even close Sean. Mike Epps you think Mike Epps is funnier than him? oh yeah, yeah 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 I think so not yeah. even close I'm just saying like yeah that's I'm another one yeah, so compare him with exactly yeah Kevin Hart's not even might not even be top twenty funniest stand up comedians ever yeah but he's got the money of somebody who's, exactly, exactly. But, like I said maybe the movies because he's in the movies too I, I, I'm telling you, you he's made as much money making movies as Will Smith has and you guys yeah. like I said that doesn't make him better but that just that's just that's we I never would have thought. It's just because of he puts a lot of his own money into these movies. He capitalized on his popularity, and he had his own production yeah, team, so he, he got a lot of the money back as far as like being exactly. the producer of the movie. Exactly, and he makes low most of the stuff he puts his money in is low budget, and it makes a profit back real fast. Now, like the, the impact that he has as far as like bringing up comedians, like his, using his platforms, because he has like a really popular podcast called Gold Mines, and he has like a uh uh. I guess it's like a talk show or whatever that he has on Peacock called Heart to Heart. Heart to Heart, yep. yep. That he has on there. So he, he's using his platform the correct way as far as like, you know, broadcasting and like uh, putting out more comedians and giving them like a platform to actually showcase their talents. The problem is that he's just not that great of a comedian anchor to me to be the head of the snake. If I can try to make that comparison. Like him. He's not. No, he's like, not. He looked, like like I say early on I thought he was funny but right now he's just so he's popcorn yeah. to me he's like no 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 he's not even he's not a pork shit. chop yeah. he's not yeah. a steak he's not even like a, a chicken leg he's just popcorn he's just fluffy and you uh, he's just he's just a safe comedian which is a yeah. a boring comedian to me I need a little bit more risk on your takes like you have to be a little bit more Chris Rock and you, you could possibly be Dane Cook. 
Dane Cook had like some unique takes, but after a while we got very exhausted from Dane mm-hmm. Cook. And that's why he kind of fell off. He didn't have any material that was new or edgy or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I just think he don't he just doesn't want to offend people. Like you said, he just wants to go out there and do his thing. I Dave Chappelle, those guys, they don't care about what you feel like. You know what right. I mean? Like they ain't gonna say what the Patrice O'Neill really didn't give a damn. They did not, not give, give a, a damn. shit about how you felt. Matter of fact, he wants you to leave his stand up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh motherfucker, you don't need to be here then. You know what I mean? Like he didn't that's that's the kind of comedian I think all three of us respect. We like that. Dave uh Kevin Hart is too commercial, too many movies he's made now. It's hard to relate to him. He's a superstar, megastar. But I don't think he's ever been on that level. I, I, I might put him in my top 20, but I couldn't put him in the top 10. I'd have to sit there and think of uh, tw- 20 comedians, I'm sure. But I can do a de- definitely top five. But he wouldn't be in my top 10 for sure. So Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. It, it's, it's just the way that it is. The way that I think Eddie Murphy became too safe and commercial with a yeah. lot of his projects is like some of his movies just aren't that good. Like early in the 80s, 90s, it was a little bit more edge to it. But now it's just so, I don't know. Not as edgy as it used to be. Like, Coming to America, the sequel that, uh, what was it, the one movie that came out on Netflix with Jonah Hill? I feel like that movie should have been a lot more better with Eddie Murphy attached to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Uh, what is it, You People or something you like people, that? You People, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Eddie Murphy attached to that. That should have been like a good comeback movie. Hilarious. That, that was perfectly tailor made for Eddie yeah. Murphy just to be himself. And it feels like even now he's scared to be what he used to be. And he's being like a more watered down version of what he was supposed to be. Even in that movie, which is really disappointing, that we want Eddie Murphy, we got like a, I don't know, a old version, a watered down version of what he should have been, and that's I don't know, that's just disappointing. I think that Kevin Hart is being that, but he's just taking advantage of like the opportunities that he oh, has. Yeah. No, that's why no. he's so financially yeah. successful, yeah. and I completely understand that. But he's just like once you become popular, you just kind of lose like a little bit of that that essence or the soul that actually like got you there in the first now, place. Now, do you find him funny in movies? Movies, he's really? all right. Yeah, yeah. movies, he's all What's right. What's the movie where he was the he was the wedding fill in or something like he? You the wedding ringer, the wedding ringer. I thought he was hilarious in that. Like him, yeah. and even in Jumanji, mm-hmm. like he still has yeah. he play, plays like a funny character. I yeah. get it. Yeah, he can't little, carry the movie, but yeah. he's still funny. I think the one movie that he did recently with uh, where he was like the single dad, where, the where, drama movie. He had to take care of his daughter with uh, Mark, yes, Mark that Wahlberg. was good. Was that Mark Wahlberg? No, 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 that's no, not, no. That, that was, movie was terrible. I like that one too. The Mark Wahlberg yeah, one. It was, funny. it was all right. But, oh, I did not like that but, one. Like him in movies after a while, I think it's like kind of gimmicky. Yeah. After a while, you like you know what you're going to get. Like a lot of yelling and screaming and all this yeah, other the shit. same. All this. Yeah. He talking, plays the same character yeah. in every movie. Kind of like The Rock in every movie. Yeah. I, I yeah. get it. That's yeah. Yeah, but I can't remember what the hell. I think it was like Fatherhood or something like that. Mm, there we I go. Never yep. seen that one when he like, was serious. Yeah. yeah. When he take when he takes on more serious stuff, he does actually pretty damn well. Absolutely, I think he needs to stay away from stand up and just 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 leave that to other people. Like, just let other people do that. You can still be the umbrella that everybody goes up under, but you doing stand up, I just I'm I'm just not intrigued to watch it anymore. I don't run to it, even if he gave me free tickets at some Summit City. You would I, I, turn I, down free tickets from a, Absolutely, I have no interest <laughs> in watching that show. Oh man, no, I would I would go oh. see that. I would want to see him just so just to say he's he's a celebrity. Now, Eddie, now Eddie Griffin is coming to Summit City yeah. pretty soon. I'll go see him, but well, Kevin Hart, I'm like nah. Been there, done that, seen it before. It wasn't impressed. It's the fact that I know his tickets are going to be. All right, Kevin how about Hart's... this one? Kevin Hart or Cat Williams? I'm not Kevin Hart. Eddie Griffin or Cat Williams? Eddie Griffin. I think Cat Williams. Whoa, is... whoa, whoa, over Cat Williams, you yeah, said. Yeah. I'm taking Cat Williams. That's a little bit tougher. That I'll, is probably, a... I'll probably lean towards Eddie Griffin. I would say Eddie Griffin has a better movie career for sure. But stand-up-wise, Cat Williams, 
I, he might be in my top ten. Yeah, I, I could put him there. Cat Williams yeah. is hilarious. His stand-up is legendary. He, I saw him doing the same jokes, too, one time, and it kind of made me turn off him a little bit. Because he kind of got the same kind of skits, too. You know what I mean? What He's doing the same kind of stuff. But It was that yeah. the most recent one was disappointing. But mm-hmm. one he was talking about, they trying to scare black people into eating Arby's by putting Ving Rhames in commercials. <laughs> 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 bump, bump, bump. We have the meat. <laughs> uh, no, he did the tiger, the dude getting ate up by the tigers. That was some of the funniest thing I dude, ever get, seen. You're talking about Cat Williams? Cat Williams. Where he's like, the dude, remember the guys got ate up by the tiger in San Francisco? Remember they jumped the fence and the tigers ate their ass yes, up yes. and tore them to pieces. Yeah. yeah, he did a stand up on that. It's hilarious, and he, the way he talks about Trump and all that, he's funny. So. Oh well, Kevin Kevin Hart, he had his time to shine. Like he's being still the there, time. he's still there, he's still. Uh, I think he's just a, popular. That's all. Yeah, just very popular. That name is going to go a long ways. I so. like. He's at that point where like he's still he can be like. One of those popular comedians, but he can be like a legacy act and just kind of yeah. tore off his name alone, kind of like Jerry Seinfeld, right? Which is totally fine. Or George Lopez, like you can be like one of those comedians where you know his name, you go out to see him just because he's popular and you know a lot of white people know him. That's would y'all pay to see Jerry Seinfeld? No, I would, no. I would to see Jerry Seinfeld. No, I, uh, I'll pass. <laughs> I'd see, see, I'd see Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. I would too, actually. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, he's hilarious to me. Yeah, I would see him. He's corny <laughs> as hell. Yeah, but there's the, not too were... many white comedians I want to run out and go see. It's only like Bill Burr and probably Jim Gaffigan. See, and that's where I rely and, uh, on my maybe, white friends. Oh, and also uh, Anthony Jeselnik. See, I don't know because he's, I know Bill Burr because he's edgy. He's one of those edgy comedians. He'll say some shit that'll really piss you off and get offensive. So I kind of I still like that kind of. That brand of comedy, so he's he's on that that list for me. Is so. George Carlin Carlin a fan? Are you guys I fans am. of George I Carlin? I'm a, I'm a great big fan. I, he's got to see. I I found out that uh, just like I am with the, the pornos, which I don't watch as much of. By the way, damn that went left. I'm sorry. <laughs> just like my pornos are black, so are most of my stand up comedy. So I got to expand my horizons. Thank you, white friends. <laughs> I need to hang around you more because. I've realized that most of the stems I watch are black male yeah. comedians. I like that too. I like both. Uh, so I, I need I need more white funny. So you don't people. even like black females comedians. <laughs> I, I do. You don't like Wanda Sykes. I do, but Wanda I'm not. Sykes I'm not gonna lie. She has one. I think Monique finally got one. Eh, I don't know if I like. Monique. I think it's on Netflix. She's funny in small doses. Leslie, I, I need Leslie to see Jones, I, th- I do like her. She is funny. From Go- that Ghostbusters, yeah, she is funny. Uh, Leslie Jones, yeah, she's funny. Yeah, I don't think yeah. she's funny. Yeah. I've never seen her stand up though. She's really loud I've seen her, and obnoxious. Kind of seen like, a couple uh, of Saturday Night Live skits. Okay, yeah. and I feel like there's a few others, but I can't remember their name. But every once in a while, I I do watch a lot of stand up. I, I at least try to watch as much as I possibly can. But usually, if I don't see anything funny within like the first ten minutes, I usually cut it off because yeah. I kind of know where it's going. Because you have to really capture the audience in like the first 10 minutes. Otherwise, they're just sitting there like, all right, man, hurry up and say something funny. Otherwise, we're just going to be sitting here boring and nobody's laughing at your shit and you're going to start bombing. It's really hard to watch. So every once in a while, they do have like some kind of funny stuff. And I even watch comedy from people I don't normally watch. I watched like one stand up with my wife from uh, this one woman that was like a country girl. I think it was from like Tennessee or something. She was actually pretty funny. As long as you can be relatable. Like I can still find your your comedy pretty palatable for the most part. I can watch it, I can laugh at it, I can I can get used to it because I'm I'm always looking at something that's different from what I'm normally watching. So I try to expand as much as I can. So I'm happy to hear that you're expanding out into the to the Caucasian side of things. I'm trying some more white more white comedians, but I can give you some recommendations. I'll I'll send you some stuff in the group text. So I'll, I'll try very to very much needed. Thank but, you. Uh, 
Now, aside from uh, Kevin Hart stand up, was there anything else that we've been? Jonah Hill's getting disgraced pretty bad right now. I've been hearing about Try that. Something about his, his girlfriend girl. leaking his text this, messages. Why what would she hell? do that? Like, what the what? hell did he say? Did I miss something? Uh, he's just controlling as fuck. It seemed like he was trying to like tell her what she was like a surfer or something. And that's what he met her. She was a surfer. And it sounds like he didn't like her hanging around that community. You out there talking to them dudes with the long blonde hair. And, you know, this was when he was probably still fat, Jonah Hill. He still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he probably was, it, it sounds like he was very abusive. I didn't read all of it. If you get online, you can find a transcript of Is it. Is it abusive or just more insecure? It's both. It's, he's telling her what he expects her, from her. And so what like she also like Ike Turner kind yeah, of shit? Yeah, basically. Like, what you need to do, what you got to do. And I don't like you talking to this dude. And I don't like you talking to her. And I, you, you don't listen to me. It sounded like it was very abusive. It's verbally. Verbally abusive. abusive. Not physical. Verbal abusive. So he's getting disgraced real yeah, bad. Yeah, don't now. pose with no shirtless yeah. guys look better than me. Why yeah, you doing? basically. She's yeah. a surfer, dude. Yeah, That's what she does a for a living. Yeah, she of course, and, there's going to be some dudes with, with six packs out there surfing. Right. The hell? Yeah. Well, I was surprised he had a girlfriend. <laughs> He's got money. I'm sure he can get like, some Because he looks really strange right now yeah. with the beard and the tattoos and like telling the, you. the long, slick back hair. Oh. Uh, like, the me, like the Me Too movement and stuff. Or like the women are online or disgracing him for that. I told you he got he started losing weight a little bit more. He started getting cocky. tattoos. He, yep. started, he started feeling himself. Yep, yep. So. And like, w- w- which one of you guys said you don't like when your fat comics turn skinny? Yes, yeah, me. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. I, he's <laughs> not as funny comics. as... He's still funny, but he's the fat, super bad Jonah Hill. <laughs> that's what I like. That's, oh, agreed, John. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he, that's how I see him. And that's probably when he had this girl or first met this girl. And now, like you said, Tommy, he's feeling himself. He even lost, you know, a bunch lost of weight. weights. Started doing movies with Brad. Pitt. <laughs> yeah, got an Oscar nomination. Got hair slipped back and all this. I just, yeah, she is, she disgraced him real bad. Disgraced. Just, yeah, girls are disgracing him better. This dude's <laughs> never going to get laid again all year. He was getting disgraced bad. Yeah, well, he just had a girl have a baby, and the girl waited to the new girl had the baby, and then dropped. Damn. She didn't want to stress out the new girl with all this information. Okay. Even more props for her. Yeah, but now she's just letting everything go and it's just making him look horrible, you know, so. Oh, he's not John Moran or Zion Williams. No, no. Yes. Zion Williams is getting disgraced too. Getting disgraced bad. Oh, man. What the hell are these dudes doing? Like, God. This like I, I don't get if, if that was me and I made it to the NBA, the first thing I would do with my money is get a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> smart I, man, I, I swear no to God, smart man. ain't nobody gonna be running up on me like I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, congratulations, hope you find the daddy because it ain't me. Yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely like just cut off that possibility of women trying to trap me into whatever yeah. they've been trying to do because they should know by now, big dummies. Like, as soon as you get that kind of money, these women research you more than the fucking IRS. They trying to find out how much money you got. They see how mm-hmm. much that check coming in every single two weeks. Like, they're coming after you, man. This Zion, is a scratch just like, ticket for them. They just need to take, like, first off, they need to take, like, Instagram, like, Twitter. Like, you should have all that shit off your phone. All that shit is like a trap. That's like uh, Apple listening on your phone and, like, giving you yeah. ads on your phone, like, as soon as you start for talking sure. about it. He needs to get rid of all that stuff. NBA players, NFL players. Yeah, this is part of why y'all go broke. For one, it's usually a divorce or it's child support. Yeah, well, very true. The one girl took a picture of him naked in the bed, but he it, it showed like probably looked like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, it looked, it's like the back <laughs> of his head or something. His like, fat ass ain't been in the gym for like two years. He huge. He got motherfucker looked like me messing with strippers oh, man. and shit. And they both came out the same draft. 
Those were one and two yeah, picks. Both from South Carolina. What they making? They're both from South Carolina. Yeah. Damn. Stop making my state look bad. That's where uh, I'm from. Stop. God damn it. Him and John Morant need to go to counseling. Dead serious. Like, I thought fuck. these were two future stars of the NBA. Good Lord. Um, it's going to be a sad day when LeBron retires. Right. Big time. When Benyama do, better hurry up and get his ass out. Because I saw him get dunked on his tall He ass. got banged. Now, he did have a better second game. Oh, yeah. That second game, he played a lot better. And, yeah, his J is kind of wet. He, that dude can't shoot. They shut and him down, he, though. He yeah. is playing with, in my opinion, the best coach in the NBA. Yeah, they, they said no more summer league. So exactly, people who yeah. bought all the tickets this to see the summer league game. And we were yeah. just talking about LeBron. LeBron did not do all that good in summer no, league. No, no, exactly. I remember y'all's favorite sportscaster. I'm being sarcastic. Skip Bayless said <laughs> LeBron's going to be a bust because of the way he played in the summer league. That's, I remember, I that's remember just that. him hating. He Absolutely. He's LeBron. the biggest hater of he LeBron I've ever seen. LeBron. Absolutely. Man. And by the way, uh, just to go, quick basketball news, I uh, am rooting that my favorite, my current favorite player does sign with the Heat. He's dominating the headlines. Who, Dame yeah, I'm, I'm glad Dame Time's getting the shine he so rightfully deserves. I do think outside of Steph Curry, he is the second best point guard in the NBA. It's hard that he's you don't superstar. see his games. But when you do, you see phenomenal stuff. This man is great. Whatever team he lands on, if they have another superstar, they're going to be in the NBA Finals. And um, Portland gonna fall into the ocean. They ain't <laughs> dead serious. Dead <laughs> serious. They gonna have a damn thing. <laughs> Not a damn thing. Those fa- there's gonna be empty seats all season long if Dame leaves. <laughs> there's gonna be some heartbroken. That's the only reason fans are going to those games to yep. see Dame time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Jordan's son was seen sucking uh, the titties of Scottie Pippen's oh, baby been mama. Smashing, been smashing. Mm-hmm. But good. If He's... if you need any more understanding of why Scotty's hating on Jordan, I got it's obviously this. not just because of how underappreciated he feels as a player. Michael Jordan, yeah, his can, son yeah. is banging his, his baby ex. mama. On top of that, yeah, he bought her some exclusive Jordans. I saw. I'm like, God, dog, that must be nice, man. Good man. lord, you know he's got all the. Wait a minute, why is he buying it? All he got to do is go to his daddy. Well, <laughs> bought to give it. I don't know how he got it to, her, but he he gave it to okay, her. Maybe huh? I don't know. I just, but, yeah, sound weird, it, but it could have been bought. I don't. know. I do feel bad for Scotty. Yeah, he is. but don't because listen, um, listen to this. It's a fact because his Jordan son. In career NBA earnings, just off salary, Scottie Pippen actually made more money than Michael Jordan did because he got paid. I don't know if you remember when he when went he, to Houston, yeah. Houston and Portland, yeah, and both both. I think he he was on that team with uh, Charles Barkley and Elijah, Elijah one at Houston that time. Yeah, they and then tried I, to make their big three. They did. Know. Yeah, and that team he was with the Portland had a squad. I don't know who they said was actually it. pretty good. Those, some superstar said that he said that Pippen was better than Jordan. I don't believe that, but of course not. An yeah. overall better player, like all overall, around, overall, do everything. They, no. No. no, because the year remember the year after Jordan retired, they Pippen did. almost took him to the fucking finals. They yeah, did. Yeah. He was an MVP, an MVP candidate. They absolutely did that year. So you can't say remember Pippen sucked because he carried the Bulls and they only had like two less losses than when they had Jordan the year before. That's is that, not true. Is that when he refused? No, because no, the year before they won. I looked this up. They won fifty seven games when Pippen was leading the team. They won fifty five. Really? They won fifty five that year. They, they lost the, to New York in the playoffs. Pippen carried that team. That's they the year really, when Kukoc coach took the when he he refused to take the last second shot or something yep. like that. No, yeah. same year, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Pippen, no, he, Pippen get, needs to get more credit 
than what they've been giving him. I, I love, have, I love the man. Even too, though yeah. I, I start, I've hated him in retirement of him yeah, dogging he has Jordan. Been dogging shit he has, but yeah. I, I grew up loving that man, so I'm not gonna say anything negative about him. Uh, yeah, well, he, that, he de- deserves to be in that 75 best player list. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Top right. top 50 player. Well, He's that's, top 50 well, player. Well, let's keep it sentimental because we're gonna talk about people and they messy ass personal lives. <laughs> Kevin Costner's going through the shit right Ooh, now with his all that twenty nine thousand a month. God damn. damn. But he doesn't have to pay any spousal support. So that's a victory for us men right there. Oh, that they, up, they upheld that prenup. Because yeah. sure enough, when she get hurt feelings, she said, I want money right now. She's like, oh, no, 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 the hell you are. Like, we got a prenup, baby. You ain't getting none of this Yellowstone money right here. <laughs> Ten cup my ass. You ain't getting none of my dollars. Well, you know, I like that because I hate when people go through a messy divorce and all of a sudden they get butt hurt. And all of a sudden, they want yeah. to start reneging on something that they signed yeah. on. He's like, man, fuck all that prenup. Can I get some money, Judge? He's like, no, you signed this, bitch. Like, you ain't that's getting no old. damn money. I that's hate when they do that, even if it's the men or the women. Stick to the agreement. Don't get all butthurt and try to steal half their money. Right. That's $1,548,000 a year. You'll that's, be all right. Yeah. And he's going to be all right, yeah, too. Yeah, he's, he's got the money, but that's still a load. That's a lot. That man. is. That is. Man. I'm about to say, how old are his kids? I, shit, he's older. How, he got to have kids. Well, he, maybe he'd be like Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino. Al he just keep popping them out. Yeah. Every year. So you got, I told you, man, all that money, you got to get the snip snip. It's not the 90s anymore, either. He's not bringing in the big bucks anymore. I mean. I don't know. Yellowstone is a pretty big show. So if he got paid a lot of money off that show, that would not surprise me at all. Because that is a massive show. It is. Maybe it isn't a show that you guys are caught up with or you're familiar with. But that show is very, very popular. Well, he's time. 68. So, I mean. Damn. He's damn near my, my mom's age. Well, that's the thing about men. Like men can get older and keep making babies. Got a high shelf life. Yeah, yeah, he was he was one of the A list. He's right up there with the Tom Cruise's, Brad Pitt's, Mel Gibson's of the nineties. He was one of the biggest stars of the nineties, and he's still going pretty strong. One hundred twenty nine thousand seven hundred fifty five to be exact. That's what he has to pay a month. How many kids? Let's see. I'm trying to see. It doesn't show him how many kids. If it's just one kid, then that's just. Oh, he's got young kids. Here's a picture of them. They're all under twelve. With this girl, now I don't know if he's got. I had kids with another woman that's probably in their 20s and 30s. That wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, but he's got younger. He has three young kids with this lady. So, yeah, I see. That's a lot of. They're going to have a great life. Well, we're about so. to go. On, this, uh, you see, the writers are on strike, and uh, yeah, there's apparently about to be an act strike here within the next week. Really? So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, part of that is the residuals on these streaming shows. It's not like it was when it was just uh, Fox and CBS and HBO. Making TV shows where uh, you get a salary of $100,000 per episode, and then you get residuals. You can just wake up and go to your mailbox every month and pick up an extra $100,000. Nice. They are screwing people in the streaming industry. So, yeah, let's say you do have a big hit like Seinfeld, where you can get residual checks for like $25,000 a month for doing nothing. And the show's been, been out of, not, I haven't made a new episode in five years. Mm. Now they're just giving you $1,000 stuff. You can't. Imagine if if you get paid, you wrote a whole series for a show. They paid twenty thousand dollars up front, and then you might get a thousand dollars a month after that. Well, that's good for a year, yeah. but you can't survive off of that. Uh, it used to be you you would get a you make you wrote or start in a hit show. Oh, it goes a couple seasons. You can you can survive off of that. You won't be living in in the hog house. Uh, but uh, yeah, you you can have a six figure salary just off residuals. Those days are over with the streaming. That's why these actors and writers are going on strike right now, because with the streaming networks, all Hollywood, the the waters are turbulent right now. 
the boat is on the verge of sinking. Uh, this that's worth paying attention to this upcoming actor strike because if the actors and writers go on strike, yeah, we might have to put this podcast on hiatus. <laughs> yeah, we're watching YouTube shows with influencers well, at this point. Well, back to Kevin Costner, he he's worth two hundred and fifty million, and he offered her fifty thousand a month for child support. And so the judge disgraced that. Man, he can come get me pregnant yeah, right now for that. <laughs> 50000 a he month. He probably will. Yeah, so they ordered, the judge ordered double, double what he offered. So that's probably why he got that harsher penalty or harsher payment. Not, well, if he's being realistic, like 50000 a month for some kids, I feel like is more than adequate enough unless – they're factoring in that he kicked her out the house, which yeah. is petty as fuck. <laughs> he kicked her out of the house. He's like, can you give me another month to find? He's like, nah, get, get the hell out of my crib. Get the fuck on. Get the hell. Like, <laughs> m- Motel 6, something like that. I don't give a damn where you go. Just get the hell up out of my house. <laughs> like, that, that's petty as hell. He can at least pay for her new house if he got it like that. Yeah. Now, that's a good trade off. A new house, and then we can lower these monthly payments. That's a fair trade. Yeah, because most of the time they give you like a house, they give you a car or whatever. Maybe give you like a little stipend for groceries or whatever the hell you yeah, got yeah, going you on. pay for gas and food at that point. The house is paid for. She's young. Sit too. your to ass him, at home. She's only 48. I'm guessing she ain't got no job. She no, ain't got no life skills. Nothing. No nothing. She just <laughs> got her lottery ticket and just rolled the dice. She right. hit it off. Women, man, they can if they can play the game, man, they can they can really score some big points here and big money because. She played that just right, you know. So yeah, look at Scottie yeah, Pippen's baby mom. Yeah, but just yeah. like a casino, the casino always wins. They do, they do. It's very but, true. But the the system is tailored to the women, though. In this in this case, so it is. They like do. Tiger Woods' wife got three hundred million. three hundred million. Jesus Christ! Ain't, ain't sunk a putt in her life. Yeah, never even played golf. <laughs> right. She she ain't even that. Oh, my oh God. yeah. Man, this because he fucked a girl from. Applebee's or some shit. <laughs> God damn, man. Well, that was his agreement. He should have got the prenup. He should have got the prenup. Right, yeah. You got to have the paperwork. But no, no. Tiger Woods got what he deserved, and yeah. she got what she deserved. Like, I think he walked... You can always walk away from that just thinking, and I'm talking like I got money like that, but you know what? If... If you you can lose three hundred million, but you know if you are gonna make three hundred million again in the future, you'll be all right. Yeah, he's got. The that's money. why I don't never. That's why I don't never bug out when I when I loan out somebody some money and they don't give it back, or I give out some money and I know I'm not gonna get it back. I can afford to lose that money. I'm gonna be all right. The same yeah. way when you gambling, if you yeah. lose some money, like you can afford to lose that money, so you're not gonna really miss it because you was paying on losing it in the first place. I have partmentalized that. Like I already said, okay, this. Like if you get yeah. it back, like hell, yeah. like, more power to you, man. Yeah. Like you you came back like on top, but if I, if I lose it, I'm not bugging. Out yeah. like that, so I don't think most of them bug out like that when you lose that money. It seems like a lot to us, but for them, it's like I'm going to get that back next year with a nice, right, with and, a, and a project or something. I don't know. Get her to go away. You know, he's got that kind of money. He just turned down 900 million to that live tour or whatever. I know. I bet he regretting yeah. that a yeah. little bit. <laughs> Shit. A little bit. Well, now they they're together with the PGA, so he might get it back. So, so and he did looks they like offer an that to right him now. last year before they yeah, before they expanded. Yeah. That was a that was a mistake on his part. Yeah, but he's. Tiger Woods probably was, got three yeah. billion dollars in you know somewhere laying yeah, around. I bet he makes that back in like yeah. his endorsements and all yeah, that other stuff. Yeah. So I'm sure he's not missed it, but I don't know. You don't miss out on money that you could have had when you already got. Once you reach a certain level of like financial security, like add more money to that, really doesn't make that big of a difference. If you worth like damn near a billion, 
That's what he is. One point one billion is his worth. Like another yeah. billion doesn't really mean shit, right? Like you can make that another way. Like you're oh, Tiger yeah. Woods, and you're relatively young as far as like a, being a golfer. Like you, you're not even on a senior PGA right now. <laughs> like you, you good. You for sure. Right. I, outside of Michael Jordan and maybe Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, he's the biggest. I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've never seen somebody influence a sport more than Tiger Woods had. I can, his name I, alone. I can probably argue LeBron, like his, like his era in the NBA. You could. You could. I, I think those three are on a separate tier that I mentioned. Well, well, what Tiger Woods did a predominantly white sport. True, true. See what I'm saying? And he, nobody's had, us had that influence that exactly. just for him. Nobody's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say he's influenced his sport more than any yeah. athlete ever. But that, but that, huh, I don't want to say it like this because it sounds offensive, but him being a predominantly black, in a predominantly white sport, him being black, you felt like that was a little bit of a gimmick at first until they proved that he was actually as good as he thought. Yeah, he was. I, I, I can um, see that. Yeah. yeah, to an extent, but I'm somebody who's always gonna look for something like just like one of my favorite players is a running back for um, the uh, San Francisco 49ers right now. What's the white running back? McCaffrey. McCaffrey. That's a position even from from Pee Wee football. Even through college, middle school, high school, the running back position is dominated by black players. Yeah. So to see a, a white, white guy, cor- a white quarterback, that'll be front, that'll be fascinating. Exactly. Yeah, a white corner. You'll see no white Not, corners, at, so at all. At I've all. never seen one. That's why I like McCaffrey. So yeah, yeah black guy dominating golf, just like Arthur Ashe dominating tennis. If if, if you're outside the norm, you're always going to stand out. Mm. And I'm kind of attracted to that, just like I would imagine a lot of people are. He made yeah. it popular for us. You know, nobody gave a damn about golf until he started playing. Now you see kids with, you know, more black kids, more black people playing golf. You know, like more black. Yeah, people. even if it is just going to the yeah, driving it's range. it's a culture change. He changed the culture. Yeah, We're not in the PGA yet all the way, but him, the the ratings, you know what I mean? Like Tiger Woods, the people that he drew just to these golf outings that they had, like, oh, my God, i never seen nothing like yeah, that. Absolutely. Everybody involved within the PGA should Owes Tiger Woods a blowjob because right. I know damn well I'm not watching no golf not unless Tiger the Woods US is playing. Hell yeah, in Cancun somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. they want to, yeah, or wherever. Dudes they with play. beer yeah, guts yeah, out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not watching yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 from Rhode Island, the senior citizen. <laughs> God damn, well Tiger Woods playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sit down and watch yeah. this board yeah. trip. You know? <laughs> Seven million people there just to see Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yeah. You had that many people in their state. Oh. You know? That, that, that was awesome. Yeah, that was so, when he was dominating golf. That was one oh of the best God. times to be a sports fan. That was incredible to see. And, yeah. and this is not a sports segment, by the way. <laughs> they, they made a movie about Tiger Woods, so therefore we're going to cheat. And, and, and he deserves a better yeah, movie, by the way. That HBO special, if you ever watched that, phenomenal. Great. Yeah, I would have. I didn't. I wouldn't have known if. About that, unless you would have said, they, they disgraced his dad on there too. Like, it, well, not so much, but his dad was. He was a little womanizer, uh, big time, and that yeah. might have contributed to why Tiger ended up like that. So he said that your son becomes the most popular athlete in the yeah, world. Yeah. He was probably getting laid left oh and right. Oh my god! Yeah. So and his dude, yeah, I, I was that was a good documentary. I was oh, shocked yeah. to see Tiger was going through military training and shit. I was I didn't train with Navy in. Seals. Yeah. Like what the hell? I didn't know he was on all this. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, he was trying one of the to be biggest like his, ever. trying to be like his dad, like going to like some kind of military like training. Mm-hmm. Regiment that he went through, and I think that's why he started having knee problems. He was doing too much hard running. 
Like, bitch, you a golfer. Yeah. Like, learn how to walk. Dead like, serious. why are you running, like, all over the damn place, like, fucking your knees up? Now, every time he takes the course right now, he always twists his ankle and his fucking kneecap pops. So, how, how hard he hits the ball, though. I mean, like, he hits that with such velocity. Like, he's using his, he's tearing up his knees. He used to hips. be blasting those not, balls. Not no more. Like, not he used to. Yeah. So, and he's not that old. He's. My older brother's age. He's a couple years older than my older brother. You know, he's not that old. Like, oh, yeah. And if there is any more injuries than Steph Curry. Yeah, he does. Like, yeah. Part of that is self-inflated. This dude came and drive straight, apparently. Oh, he drive right off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, this dude is big, big pill addict. Yeah. But, yeah, if there is any hope for Tiger Woods to make a comeback, that's a that's a profession that you can still be good at in a later right. in your latter age. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him winning tours when he's 60. I would not oh, be surprised. He's training up his son now, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I heard his son is actually yeah, good. Charlie. Yeah, that's like he's only being 40, Michael he's Jordan. He's only forty-seven. He's that's only, ridiculous. He's only yeah, I think yeah, because he was playing in the majors like, yeah. and he was like nineteen. Yeah, 20. he's not that much older. than He us. was beating forty-year-old yeah. pros as a teenager. Yeah, so my brother's forty-nine. You know, what I mean, Damn. he's younger than my oldest brother. You know, so it's crazy. That is crazy. Oh, do we miss any other headlines that's, that's this, this yeah, past we're, week? We're I ain't late. gonna talk about Flash and how disappointing it was at the box office. You don't let that one ride yeah. out, yeah, so. big time. Yeah. Um, I did. There's one. I'll, if it's okay, can I mention one headline and go into my uh, hidden gym? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, a pretty good story going on that I didn't see coming. There is a movie out now in theaters called Sound of Freedom. Oh, about with, the sex trafficking. Yes, yeah. starring Jim Caviezel. Um, our modern-day Jesus Christ from Passion of Christ. And uh, this is an interesting story. This movie just came out in 2023. This movie was actually produced in 2018 and s- s- by Fox. And uh, as we all know, that Disney ended up getting bought out by... Uh, Disney bought Fox out, so Disney owns the Fox catalog. And this kind of sh- sat on the shelf for a little bit. And was probably going to go straight to streamings, what the future looked like. Um, one of the producers of this movie ended up buying back the rights to the movie from Disney because they didn't plan to do anything with it. And this looks like one of the best financial investments ever. Very limited market marketing spent. This is pretty much all based on internet word of mouth and the church going community, which, uh, uh, really has uh, some pretty unlikely box office hits within the past 30 years, that church-going crowd. But Sound of Freedom, produced for $15 million as of July 4th, has made $45 million in the theatrical box office alone since July 4th. For a $15 million budget and a movie that looked like it was going to go straight to streaming and not even be released in the theater alone, that's a, one of the small miracles in Hollywood. And I think that is uh, worth noting. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't vouch on the quality. But I like to see little small success stories like that, and we need more stuff like that in the big corporate world we live in. Uh, Hidden Gem for me is another movie starring Jim Caviezel. Um, One of the uh, better movies that I saw in the 2000s and one of the few movies that I took a chance on and saw for the first time on DVD just because I heard good things about it is a movie called Frequency. They came out in the year 2000. Uh, Dennis Quaid plays Jim Caviezel's father who passed away. And Jim Caviezel found a certain radio frequency where he can communicate with his father in the past. And his father died a tragic death. I believe he was either in law enforcement or fireman. It's been a while. But, 
yeah, me reading about this uh, Sound of Freedom movie uh, just made me uh, take a look at Jim Caviezel's career. And uh, I just remember Frequency was one of those movies that I heard good things about. And it's one of the few movies that I have in my DVD collection that I actually bought without having seen it first. And I'm glad I did. If you get a chance, this is a good family movie to watch. Frequency, um, for all the fathers out there, I think this is a great movie to watch with your family. And uh, you're going to get a good meal cooked by your wife after you watch this. <laughs> Frequency, Dennis Quaid, Jim Caviezel, 2000, Hidden Jim. Very good movie. Nice. Uh, Sean, you want to I'll go knock it out? I actually got a show that um, I would have never watched, but somebody's had me watch it. And actually, now I like it. It's goofy. It's, it's really corny, but I like it. So I'm going to do a show for my Hidden Jim. It's called Nailed It. It's a cooking baking show. But it's hilarious. They make like this guy who's like a professional cake artist and he makes cakes. He makes stuff really nice and, you know, anything you could think of, he's super good at it. And then they bring contestants on and they have to try to make this cake look like his. Funny as hell. They be loafing real bad. He be disgracing them. It's funny. It's, it's, it's all in good faith and stuff. And the winner gets like 10 grand. It's something you can watch with your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend or husband, whatever. It's something kids can watch. It is super goofy. I, I started watching it now. I can't stop watching it. Um, it's just something goofy that I like uh, just to see them try to struggle and make They give them like an hour to make this extravagant cake or pie or whatever. And they have to use their. They don't even really. They're not even really good bakers. They just take people off the streets. Or they they sign up, they send a video in showing that they can make a pie or something, and then they bring them in and they have to make this extravagant cake in like an hour. It took the dude like two or three hours to make, and they try to <laughs> try to get it all together. It just looks terrible, and they have um, judges like celebrity judges come in, like ASAP Ferg and different rappers and shit. They come in, and they'd be a celebrity judge, and then the other the other guys, the, the other judges, the actual cake master himself and they got this black chick who's the host but it's super funny just to see them struggle with these cakes i just like to see what they come up with and then at the end if the if the cake looks like anything like what the what the um the experienced guy's cake looks like and it tastes good they win 10 grand so it's funny something that you can watch you don't have nothing else to watch on netflix it's called nailed it I would have never watched this. Lacey kind of put me on to this because she likes baking shows. But this is like, like any other baking show. It's funny. It's a good time. So get out a try. It's, a, it's, a, it's got a, I think it's the second season it's in. So what's, As what's, I age, I find myself watching yeah. more cooking shows. Yeah, nailed it. It's on all Netflix. It's, it's you hungry. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not even about being hungry. It's like the cakes, you know, like he makes like a, he made a cake out of a jet or like a, uh, a jet out of a cake or whatever. And they have to like remake that. There's no way they have the skills of this dude. It, you know, this dude's been doing this for 45 years or something, and uh, it just looks nothing like what they what the experienced guy does. He's a master chef or a master baker or something. So it's hilarious. It's a good time. I like it. So, all right, nice. mine is is going to be starring Don Cheadle, uh, Chuakatil Okafor, Martin Sheen, Taraji P Henson. At Cedric the Entertainer and Mike Epps. And this movie is Talk to Me. It is the one that kind of plays as like a biopic of uh, Petey Green, the DJ from the 60s. I always wanted to watch this movie. This movie was a really, really good movie. It's hard to find a movie with Don Cheadle in it, and it's not good because of him. Don Cheadle gives you everything as far as like his acting performance, but this one I thought played out pretty damn good. So basically, like it's uh, Petey Green, who's like a a felon that's just being released 
and he's going out trying to find a job and he ends up bumping into some guy while he's in prison who works at a radio station. The radio station is like failing. They're trying to find like a, some new talent to come on air so they can try to get up in the ratings and then they give him a try. He ends up being like one of the, I don't know, one of the, the anchors of this radio station he ends up being like one of the most popular like radio DJs of all time. So you want to think about like popular DJs now or like a uh, radio personalities like Steve Harvey, uh, Wendy Williams, when she first started like, uh, you know, Howard Stern, like those kind of guys, like he's in the realm of that. They'll like, people like put him on like the Mount Rushmore as far as like being like a radio personality. So early in the sixties, he pretty much is pretty much like the Godfather's like, like the black radio, like a uh, host as far as like the talent that he had, like the, the personality that he had, like the impact that he had, especially when he was on the air, I think it was like a really popular one. And they had like this scene in the movie where um, Martin Luther King had just been you know, assassinated and they had him on air for like, I don't know, like seven or eight straight hours, like just talking to callers, trying to talk them down and try to talk some peace into them and try to figure out what they're going to do next. As far as like what happened with Dr. King, like I thought it was like a very impactful movie and I thought he gave a really, really good performance. I'm surprised he didn't get nominated for anything for this. Cause I thought it was one of his better acting performances. But if you guys want to check this one out, it's called talk to me. It came out in 2007. I believe it's on HBO max. I may be mistaken, but I because where I saw it there last. So that's going to be my hidden gem for this week. So let me talk to me starring Don Cheadle. Y'all should probably check that one out. That talk was actually a pretty good one. Huh. I'm not too big into biopics. I get into biopics every once in a while, but every once in a while they turn into a pretty good performance. And ever since I saw that Elvis movie, I have to start going back to watch another one. So I not figure out where it ranks as far as like all time. Cause I thought that Elvis movie was, it was damn near impeccable. I enjoyed the hell of it way more than I thought I would. It was an amazing performance. And Austin Butler, like I said, he did an amazing job. So I think I need to give him some more credit as far as like his acting that he did. In that There's moment. a horror movie called talk to me that came out recently with oh. the hand is like this hand. They talked to this hand and this, what the hell? Yeah, man? it's like a creepy. It was in the theaters. Talk to me. That's what oh, I'm God. Like, I, I hope nobody mixes that one up because I have no idea what the hell that yeah, one is. Yeah, talk to me. Oh, t- I'll, I'll, I'll try to see because I need to watch more horror yeah, as time uh, goes on because I, I, I keep watching these comedies and everything like that. I need to try to mix going it up. On, but we will get to Because I did want to watch Insidious. I do want to watch that too. Yeah. I don't know if I want to pay for it to be in theaters. Maybe I'll wait for it to come out on streaming. But just I wasn't intrigued, kind of like how the last Conjuring was. What was it? The Devil Made Me Do It. The Devil Made Me Do It. That one was the weaker of the three. By far. It was still all right, but I I just thought to myself, like, I could have waited. That's all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You get excited. You want to see all this stuff. But before we before we go, Ryan, did you see Northwestern fired their coach? I saw that, yes. Hazing and shit. I did see that. It's all kind of shit. Yeah. uh, they're trying to say that also that uh, West Virginia basketball coach has been there for like 20 years. Yeah, he, he said but, some racist kind of stuff. Yeah, he tried to say, he's saying, no, I didn't resign. Yeah, they put yeah, out a statement, said, yeah, West Virginia his, coach was on. He's like, no, I didn't. He said his wife, yeah, it says his wife said that he resigned. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I didn't say that. My wife oh. said that. But yeah, Northwestern, they said they were uh, having the quarterback in the center take snaps while they both were naked. What? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. That's why he quit. Yeah. That's why That's he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my! I didn't know it was that. I saw that. I didn't know it was that uh, bad. One dude said that they would turn the lights off in the locker room and everybody would wear purge masks with the light. That light. You remember the purge mask? Oh yes. lit up? Yeah. They would wear that and they would hump the freshmen. Oh my god! Yeah. I had no idea. Really bad. It's really bad. I had no. I had no idea. I just. I just saw that on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. So he got fired. 
I thought it was because this guy couldn't get his quarterback situation right. Oh, yeah, he got a quarterback situation right. He was doing naked pinochle time. <laughs> and he, he said he didn't know about it, but the players that caught that some dude came forward and said he definitely knew about it because he would he would give signals for them to go do stuff. Like what sexual stuff. The yeah. hell is going on in the world? That's what I said, man. Come on. These dudes are these kids are eighteen, nineteen years old out, you know. You send your you send your son to go play for Northwestern, which is a great academic what school. Was the old exactly. dude from uh, Penn State? Was oh that, Joe Paterno? Oh uh, no, uh, Sandusky. Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, that God. was that, that was worse. So they caught him in a shower with little boys. But this is pretty bad too. We'll see where this goes. But he got fired yesterday for that. The hell is wrong with the world? And remember that happens at sucks. But we'll that see. Lures coach while we were in high school. Oh, remember uh, seeing that? Uh, Lindsay? Yeah, Lindsay, Coach Lindsay, he put a camera in the a girls' restroom or something like what that. What the, the boys lock on? It was the boys. The boys lock on. I thought it was the girls. Yeah. Either way, it's still bad. It's still that's yeah. even worse. I even mean, worse. Not only you're a pedophile, but you're a gay pedophile. Mm. That's just bad. Either way, it sucks. That's just. It's just horrible. I know we're not into sports, but we do get into sports. But I just thought you might want to know what he got fired for. So that that is just sickening. Yeah, that's sickening. Very. Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, getting ready for Mission Impossible. Yes, I want to see that. This now. is going to be yeah. a great weekend to watch this. I'm either. probably going to watch this a few times, and I'm really hoping that this is as good as everybody says that it is, as far as the reviews it's been getting. And I can't wait. I'm to excited. Watch this. If y'all free on Sunday, I might watch it for a third time by then. You're going to see it twice before Sunday? So, if it's good, yes. I, I, how I will how see long is it? Three hours? I, it's like two hours, 47 minutes. But Whew. if it's like a Tom Cruise movie, it'll, it'll fly by pretty fast. He has one of the best track records ever. So I have more trust in uh, Tom Cruise. So salute to Tom Cruise. All right. Thank y'all for tuning in this week. And if you haven't already, look us up on Facebook, Instagram. Or we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Or we're on a Google Podcast. Like, we're everywhere. You want to find your podcast. So you haven't already, like, share, subscribe. Send us off to your friends and family and loved ones. Let them know that we sent you. And I hope you guys have a really good weekend at the cinemas this weekend. So, yeah, have a good weekend. Hope you guys have a good time out there. See you guys next week. As usual, good night.